getting away from us anymore. It's time to solve this mystery. It sure was weird to find some ghosts with a Japanese theme. That museum curator didn't look Japanese. Gosh, gang, these ghosts don't look very fake. I think the whole head's coming off instead of a mask. It's a clue! Jinkies! Like zoinks, guys! I guess our only hope is for Scooby to save us! <laughs> no... Not even for a Scooby Snack? How about two Scooby Snacks? Maybe even three Scooby Snacks? At a real vacation when we're done? Okay, let's do it. Like, no way, man! Scoob dropped a giant pot of ink right after he turned into a big white wolf! Scooby-Doo, where are you? My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Three, two, one! RPGs from the 1980s right up through yesteryear. Brought to you by the staff of RPGamer.com, we tackle the good, the bad, and the ugly games from nearly 30 years of RPG history. So sit down and hold on tight. Your next adventure is about to begin. Here are the hosts of RPG Backtrack, Phil Willis and Mike Meeky. Welcome to RPG Backtrack number 80, Show Me Those Canines. And I'm your host, Phil Willis, here with my faithful canine partner, Mr. Mike Minky. Yeah, I, I must have ran into a sick dog today because I'm not feeling very good, but I'm a trooper. I'll be here. <laughs> and having no relation to dogs whatsoever, Miss Sam Marshmallow. I love puppies. They're so cute. I have a puppy, but she's not in here with me right now. I just got purring from, drool. From what you've told me about this puppy, that is a good thing. She would not leave you alone. Got, nope. I got a purring cat. I think she's a dog. The way she kind of licks your ear and, you know, drools <laughs> all over you while she purrs. But she's a little confused. So she jumps on you, she licks your ear and, and drools like a dog. But then if I chase after her, if I yell at her for something... Then she hops away like a bunny rabbit. And she's white, and she's got a stubby little tail like a bunny rabbit. So we think that she just has, um, yeah, not gender confusion, but uh, species confusion. Species confusion. Um, so I don't know about that. How, how's y'all's week been? Been having fun yet? Mostly. Yeah? How about you, Mr. Minky? 
I was having fun up till yesterday when the crud hit me. And then I thought it was better earlier today, and then it changed forms and came back. So I wouldn't say I'm having a whole lot of fun right now, but I've had fun in the, in the recent past. Mm. He's playing Seema. He has no fun right Seema now. Seema is no end of fun, isn't it? I mean, it got a four out of five from a reader. I'm looking, and it's like, wow, this game looks awesome. I want to play some Seema, man. Now we're just commenting uh... him. <laughs> We should be nice. Yeah, Phil. <laughs> shouldn't I save this for the wrap-up at the end? <laughs> Probably. Since it has nothing to do with divine dogs of any kind. Mm. Puppies! <laughs> but you're going to wish you could send it to the kennel. Ah, I kill me. I don't think the kennel is good enough, unless the kennel would put it to sleep. Mm. Well, what we can't put to sleep is Miss Bucky Cunningham, who's just joined us on the show. Hello, Becky. Okay, Becky, that's better. Becky, Bucky. Bucky. Oh, I remember that show, Bucky O'Hare. Oh, that was awesome. You remember that one with the green rabbit? And they were always fighting the frogs? Go check it out on YouTube. The theme show song is classic 80s cartoon rock and roll. It gets stuck in your head once you've heard it once or twice. How many times do I have to tell you people that I was only allowed to watch public television until approximately 1986? But thanks to the joys of YouTube, you can go back and, re- and capture that childhood that you never got to have, the one you were meant to have. <laughs> go back and watch like My Little Pony and Jim and all those cartoons that girls were supposed to watch back in the 80s. I didn't watch My Little Pony, but I had them all. Yeah, well now you can because you know, it's, it's on YouTube somewhere. That's the scary part. Right. I was a pony fan before it was cool. But were you a fan of dogs? Did you like watch Pound Puppies? Remember Pound Puppies? That was a I cartoon. I have a Pound Puppy. Her name is Betsy, and she has a son who's a little mini Pound Puppy, and his name is Howie. So yes. Ah, so you were a fan of Pound Puppies. <laughs> I was a kid in the eighties. There you go. So you might be a fan of some other dogs we're going to talk about when we come back after. These commercial messages, we're going to discuss Okami and its partner, Okami Den. We'll be right back. to talk about Okami. Developed by Clover Studio, published by Capcom. 
This was uh, brought out on the PlayStation 2 later on on the Wii and something about the PlayStation Network that we'll talk about later. This was originally released in North America on September 19th, 2006 and later brought out on the Wii on April 15th, 2008. This is a single-player action-adventure RPG experience rated D for terrific. Kind of, sort of. I liked it. It's cute. Ah, uh, yeah, cute. So, Okami. Uh, now, now, this this is a uh, just off the top. This is kind of like a, a Zelda-style game with a number of key differences, but um, in a very, very beautiful art style. But um, it has a it has a, a bit of story to it for a, a Zelda-type game. Do uh, any of you uh, ladies uh, remember the uh, story there? Of the great spirit wolf. Bad demons come, take over world, make everything sad. Yes, this is the deep plot <laughs> the thread <laughs> that runs its course over this 25-hour adventure. 25? <laughs> you, you didn't really have to rush to finish this in 25 hours. Yeah. I don't pretty, remember finishing pretty wolf, it. pretty wolf goddess come down from sky. Make world pretty again. Make flowers go. Pretty much. I mean, she is the reincarnation of the sun. This was this was set uh, sometime back in Japanese history, back when people used to do things on rice paper and the such. Um, basically, Okami combines a number of Japanese myths, legends, folklores, and the such to tell the story about a land that was saved from darkness by the Shinto sun goddess named Amaterasu or whatever. Cause I Amaterasu. Can't... See, you do know this story. Don't hold out on me. <laughs> Who took the form of a white wolf. It features a distinct Sumi-inspired cel-shaded visual style and celestial brush and a gesture system to perform miracles, which we'll talk about in a little bit. It's very pretty. I still think it's pretty. Oh, my well, gosh, it's pretty. Oh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you on it looking pretty. It does. Well, the part of the plot, I guess, we're kind of missing is that, I mean, it begins with a flashback, and it starts off with this dog named Shina, uh, Shira Inui. Right and uh, which which in Japanese means Scooby Doo. Go ahead. Clearly, uh, and then he has a a companion named Nagi, and they fight together to defeat the evil eight headed demon Orochi, um, who is this eight headed dragon with like gas problems half the time. Like he either pukes out fire or lightning, <laughs> or or just what looks like oil fumes. Pretty much, and then. He gets sealed away because they kind of are unable to defeat him, but somehow seal him away. And then you go to the game's present and you meet Susanna O, oh, who is this drunken, self-proclaimed great warrior, and he is kind of brilliant. <laughs> and he features all the QTEs in the game. All his fault. He has one massive nose. He does. And, like, awesome hair. Like, it's something out of Dragon Ball Z. That Actually, it reminds me of Dilbert's boss hair. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. But then we also missed Ishun, who is a little bug. And he's adorable, but he's actually he's, a painter. Yep. He's a painter. And, and he he's follows, obnoxious. Yes. He follows Amy around for the game, whether she wants him to or not. I don't Occasionally like what Ishun being calls useful. her. <laughs> he always calls her mutt. And it upsets me. Because she's not a mutt. She's too pretty to be a mutt. Now, now Junior, when we get to Okamiden, he's a mutt. 
Emmy's so. awesome. Yep. And pretty early on in the game, she starts to regain her powers, which I guess she sort of semi-lost when she fell from the sky or something. And she meets Booby Lady, the nature fairy, who teaches her. <laughs> I don't remember the names. <laughs> and uh, The lady in the tree. Yep. She's a wood sprite. Yep. Hmm. It's, it's like, this, this game tries to kind of base itself on Japanese myths, and it does an okay job in the sense that it, it does share some of the actual Amaterasu myth. Um, for those who don't know, the actual myth was that Amaterasu was sealed away, and that was why Japan had no son. It, she was sealed away by her brother, Suzano, because he was all like, I don't like you. You're too happy and cheery, and sunlight is evil. And he was a thundercloud god. So she was locked away in a dark cave until one day she rose again, um, because she was set free. And that's why Japan is actually called the Land of the Rising Sun. Cool. I don't know why they tried to portray it as a white wolf, but it's kind of an interesting motif that maybe they're going with. Wolves are powerful. They're kind of gorgeous, which this game is really, really pretty. There's many connections we could probably make, but I still don't and one one tends to take wolves, wolves seriously. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I think if this was any other animal, we'd probably be kind of, you know, like what the hell? I mean, especially because you meet random animals who give you celestial brush powers, and they're either really funny or really stupid. It would be <laughs> cool if Okami was or the wolf instead. We had a kangaroo. <laughs> nice with punching gloves. See, see yes. my favorite celestial animal was the whale. The whale, the whale made is cool. Awesome. Yeah, that was one of the better ones. I remember the monkey being kind of doofusy. Yeah. Hmm. So, so yes, all all twelve of these animals that Amaterasu meets along the way bequeath one lost power back to her, and they usually tend to do it in the most obsequious way possible just explaining oh gosh i'm sorry that i've forgotten to give you back your power even though it's yours and i've been holding on to it and doing absolutely nothing with it over the last hundred years because i'm an idiot pretty much (laughs) you know part of what makes this game pretty interesting in terms of story though is definitely that one the localization is actually quite great it's very humorous it's really charming um I love the fact that all the characters sound like the teachers from, you know, Charlie Brown. <laughs> I always thought that was a little weird, but kind of awesome at the same time. Well, they, they kind they of they sound a, like they sound like variants on Charlie Brown's yep. relatives. Pretty much, and they, it was a weird aesthetic, but it, it weirdly worked. <laughs> and probably know. was better with the game than actual voice acting would have been. Honestly, does Capcom have a good? Re- uh, reputation in voice acting that I've never heard of? Not to my knowledge. <laughs> this is Capcom we're talking about. Capcom does a lot of special things half the time. I'm thinking of Mega Man voice acting right now, and that's not something Capcom should advertise much. Probably Capcom, not. Capcom likes to cheap out. <laughs> in this case, I think it was a good way to cheap out rather than having bad voice acting. Well, especially considering it's like everything else in the game was so well-crafted. It's like, eh, we don't really need real voice acting to make this game work. Charlie Brown's did... substitute works. Yeah. 
Nick All we needed off. now was the Steve's version of Peppermint Patty. <laughs> Just so long as it's not Lucy holding the football out. Oh, come on. Poor Amy would be the poor Charlie Brown in this game. That's Except, the sad part. I don't buy Amy not being able her. to. <laughs> Amy would no. kick the football, though. No, she'd steal it and run away like Dakota does. <laughs> That's what most dogs do. They say, football? <laughs> I'll play with that. <laughs> Unless, you know, the dog is the size of the football. Then they run away. Anyway, yeah, there are there are a lot of um, side stories as as you go along in in the game. Um, you help a whole lot of people all over the world. Some of them are funny, some of them serious, and it's pretty. They're pretty cool most of the time. I like the one about making booze out of water. <laughs> that was like one of the first ones you did, but you helped that one family. It's like, oh, our harvest is destroyed. Can you make booze out of water? And then I, I remember saying to uh, my sister Christy, I said, you know. Are they trying to suggest that Amy is Jesus Christ making booze out of water? She goes, you're reading too much into this. I probably was, but I thought it was pretty funny. You seem to have come up with a topic for somebody's term paper somewhere. <laughs> That's probably not a good idea. It really probably isn't. <laughs> I should not be allowed to encourage term papers. Okay, um, are we... How much more story is there for us to cover? Oh, Not- the, the plot of Okami is so deep and so wide we could be here all night, Mike. I mean, there there's not much to the plot other than you go fight Orochi and you fight him more again. than once. And then you fight him again. And then you're done. Thrice. That's all you need. Yeah, three times is too much. This This game reminded me why I hate repeated boss fights and why they are the most unnecessary thing in the world and I do remember I threw the controller once because I had to fight it three times and I said to myself wow Capcom can't come up with anything new for this game (laughs) I I sense another Mega Man influence and then and then they did it again in Okami Den and they did it as a worse offender in Okami Den but we'll get to that later I didn't break my controller over boss. I actually broke it when I was trying to get Amaterasu into a run in that big demon mansion. And for some reason, the thumbstick wasn't working quite right. And I kept trying so hard to make that stupid thing run. And eventually the thumbstick broke. And that uh, that wasn't very helpful. Wow, so this game literally broke your controller. Yep. Yeah. And then I had to put it on hold for a week or so until a new controller arrived, because what do you know? You can't buy PS2 controllers in the store here anymore. I never quite finished Okami. Um, I ran into a timed puzzle that had camera issues, and that was it for me. Ah. I had a couple timed puzzles, and they all sucked. Yes, and we all know how I feel about timed segments in games, so we don't need to get into that. Oh, but I feel your pain. <laughs> I found the camera slightly lacking during that portion when you're in a sand pit under in a cave and you have to push a rock through that sand pit. And every time I got the camera directly behind me, it was in a wall and it would not stay there. Ooh. Uh, I mean, and, go on, sorry. Uh, I just remember trying that, oh, 10, 12 times before it finally worked and I immediately ran off and saved the game because I never wanted to go through that again in my life after I managed to knock the rock off of, the, off of a cliff or push it into a sand hole 
or just fall off the cliff myself and run out of health. Uh, that was not one of my favorite moments. It's kind of funny because you had sound like you had more camera issues than most people did because I didn't remember having too many. I found I had more camera issues during the first per like the uh, the f- first person, not the first person, rather the um, the weird segments where it was in two D platforming bits, and the camera just would oh, sometimes do yeah. thing. And when you're digging I know I had down, problems there the dig. Oh, oh, I hated the digging down. I think everybody hated the digging down. I'm kind of glad that didn't appear in Okami Den, but Okami Den had its own. Oh. Sorry, Okami Den's so fresh in my brain, but the digging down mini game was an example of just how not to do mini games. And it's funny because Okami, for what it's worth, does have actually some okay mini games in it. I mean, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I like the fishing game in Okami. I thought that was all right. Yeah, Okami has a pretty decent fishing game. Just kind of bizarre considering it's a game you wouldn't expect to have a fishing mini game in. Because you're a dog? Because you're a puppy. And when I think of puppies, I think of puppies jumping on top of fish. (laughs) Not trying to use celestial brush powers. Come on, man. All the dogs out there are getting their fish through celestial powers. Where have you been? I'm sorry. I have to deal with a yellow lab who thinks it's fun to chase the fish in the lake and tries to play catch. (laughs) Now she just does it to the frogs because she knows she can actually get them. The fish are too fast for her. Puppies are smart sometimes, though. Dakota's questionable some days. But, um, Mm-mm. you know, Okami's got some pretty awesome ideas in it, though. Um, yeah. The Celestial Brush, everything about the Celestial Brush was pretty damn awesome. So basically, when you get Celestial Brush powers, um, they give you a design, that, a very simple design that you have to trace using your analog stick or later the Wii remote um, on the screen and you use it to solve puzzles. So you, you get bombs and there's little cracks in the wall and you can bomb things there. Um, you get, what else do you get? Now I'm, now I'm drawing You get a, a firepower where you would touch a torch. And right. then you could lead fire to burn down uh, different wooden areas, uh, fences. And then you could do something similar with a water power, wherein if you were near water, you could swing the water to put out a fire or um, use it to break down an, a, something that might be obstructing your path. Uh, uh, and there's a vine power where you can swing from things. I, I love the vine power. It was always yeah, the vine power is fun. There's a bloom power, so when you find all the different special trees in the game, you use the bloom power to make them all big and shiny and strong again. But you can also use the bloom power on your enemies. So if you have an enemy, for an example, that has a flower on its head, you can bloom them and it just instantly kills them most of the time, which I thought was pretty awesome. You have yep, yeah, the enemies, <laughs> the enemy, you have to use your celestial brush thing on a lot of the enemies. Like there's fire enemies and you have to use wind power to blow them out and course ice enemies and you use the fire on them if you can stuff like that or when in doubt bombs yep bombs Bombs are so useful in that game because almost every enemy was affected by them except every once in a while when you would screw up drawing the bomb and you're like no (laughs) no and that 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 was one thing that was kind of particular about the game is you you did have to you, you you had to draw it in such a way where it looked like what they wanted you to draw and it wasn't always easy on I know with the analog sticks to do it. Yeah. Like I know I I would I would not be surprised if the Wiimote was a lot easier 
just because you just point and make the motion. Yeah. But I know with that analog stick, I remember sitting there and going, this is a bomb. Make it appear. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it looked sort of like a zucchini instead. And then it was like, no. <laughs> and then the game would go, I don't want your zucchini. <laughs> but like, just... I remember it being as responsive as you could honestly hope for from an analog stick yeah. with this sort of thing. It was pretty forgiving most of the time. It's just if you really made it look bad, it didn't work. Yeah, and of course, unless you are naturally gifted at drawing circles with the analog stick, then you're going to make a few screw-ups. Uh, I guess I'm not naturally gifted at making circles with the analog stick. You had trouble? Occasionally. I did okay, I did okay most of the time, just every once in a while. If I would start to get frustrated with the game, then my drawings would get worse. But yeah, you also had um, limited ink, so you couldn't just go drawing bombs in every fight or you'd run out of ink all the time. I um, actually remember the ink refilling pretty fast for the most part. Especially... Yeah, it wasn't usually a problem. It just was there to keep you from going completely out of control. Yeah. I think I ran out of ink usually only in boss fights occasionally. If I was, And that's was... where you save your items for. Yeah. And while I'm thinking about this, it fits more into the, the world as a whole, but Climbing up that tower, which seemed to be like the Tower of Corin from Dragon Ball, did that just take a little too long, or is it just me? I remember it taking a while. I remember if you got yeah. smacked around, you kind of had to retrace your steps a bit, and that was never fun. I just remember jumping up, and up, and up, and up, and up, and up, and sticking to it for about, oh, was it five, ten minutes? Before you, know you finally reached the bloody top. Well, I thought for the most part the platforming was pretty forgiving. That was one area where it definitely wasn't. Because <laughs> if you fell, you were you had to start all over again. Yeah, it, it wasn't that cruel. There were there were a bunch of invisible ledges along the way. That's what I mean. Like for the most part, the game was really good about being forgiving. I think it was actually more forgiving than the sequel was in a lot of cases. Um, for the most part, I mean. I don't generally play Zelda clones. Like I've made it very clear, I don't like Zelda games. I like Okami, but I like the fact that Okami has a very creative use for its puzzles. Um, they make you use every single one of those celestial brush powers, and oh, yeah. there's so many different ways to solve different kinds of situations. Um, the game is so encouraging about experimentation, and I really like that aspect of it. I also just liked the fact that I could roam around the environment and it'd be so pretty. And then it'd say, fill this part in. And I'd be like, oh, yes, I will gladly fill this in so I can see how pretty it gets. <laughs> yeah, like just the amount of exploration and encouragement that this game gives you to just look around for things to do is great. Especially because the side quests, you know, most of the time they happened at random. Um, and you just find yourself roaming around doing them without really realizing it most of the time. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I never there were um, lots of encouragement to go back to places that you'd been before and open up new areas with your new powers and stuff like that. Yeah, that's something I always like, too. And there was plenty of it. Yep. And that's kind of the best thing is you don't have too many games anymore that actually encourage you to go back and, and use your new powers to open up new areas. And like, how many games do that anymore? And the funny thing about Okami is you you actually kind of want to go back and unlock some of that stuff just just to see what it is, even if it's just a new item. You don't care because you want to try to see what you can do. Like, I remember there's this one area in Kamiki Village where there was this treasure chest all the way on this island that was kind of offset from the town. 
and it wasn't until you got the lily pad power that you could get over there. <laughs> and as soon as I got that lily pad power, I remember warping back to the town just so I could try it out. And I was just so happy because I was like, yay, I have lily pads. Yay, I can get the treasure chest. And there was I like three or four I remember treasure chests there. I remember trying to get there earlier by swimming and finding that Amaterasu really can't hold her breath very long, even though she's keeping her head above water. Yeah, I think I tried three or four different powers to try to get to that island before finally I got the right one. So good. And well, we've, we've kind of tiptoed around this, but this game really does look gorgeous. It looks like nothing else you're going to find. It's like a moving woodcut, pretty much. It's like it's like it's like uh, you know that Japanese rice uh, fancy art, paint art, but it's in motion. It's really, really <laughs> super, super pretty. And um, you know, PlayStation Two is obviously uh, well within its years, but it's it's very similar to. Um, oh my gosh, I just gave my Mir- Miramasa on the Wii. The the limitations of the system doesn't mean so much because the, the, the art style is very pretty and very well implemented using the cell shading and whatnot. It just, it, it looks like a cart- rice paper cartoon in motion. You mean a woodblock carving, sweetie? Mm, it looks like rice paper to me. It looks like rice paper drawings. <laughs> I think it was supposed to look like the um, watercolors, old Japanese watercolors. It's one of those games where, you know, it was made for a standard definition television, but even if you put it on an HD TV, it still looks amazing. And it's um, coming out in HD eventually, so which is going to be awesome. Just um, watching the clouds go by is entertaining. Well, that's just it. You know, it was so easy to get lost in the world just because of how pretty it was. You know, you just see little things moving around in the background, it's just like just the way the wind would blow in this game was just so gorgeous. <laughs> it's like you and, watch the wind blow, and you're just like, "Ooh, pretty gale storm, pretty." <laughs> And most areas had like a big cutscene when you would do something major and like fix the big problem in the area where just everything burst into bloom and it's like, yay! Well, and this game has a really like big palette of color. Like, this is one of the most colorful games you'll ever see, too. Especially because you've got to love the fact that the game is all like, first it's all purple and black because of the yammy. Then you make the world pretty, and then all of a sudden you get this crazy amount of puking color. Right? Like pinks and purples and blues and everything's just so vibrant. Lots and of green. Like, lots of green. Yeah. Um, and it's just gorgeous. It, it makes you feel comfortable exploring the world. And I felt very soothing for the most part when I was playing it up until I had to fight Orochi three times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not forgiving the game for that. <laughs> well, it does um, have some, some interesting little pieces of sort of scatological humor and stuff like that too that don't always fit in with the whole rest of the theme of the game but I guess because Amaterasu was a dog they said yeah let's let her pee on the enemies <laughs> I never used that I was like that's not that's classy weird and female dog here we don't we don't need to do that yeah she lifts her leg which I'm like wait a minute <laughs> that that was kind of weird because it's like female dogs don't lift their legs I have one. I know what she does. She squats. I have dealt with female dogs that do mark their territory, but they don't lift a leg to do it. I learned that Dakota's brother can't lift his leg yet, so he <laughs> pees like a girl. <laughs> he also <laughs> walks and pees at the same time. It's very weird. But we're not talking about puppies. No. That's the next game. Puppies. <laughs> There were other dogs in this game that I remember having to track down sometimes in order to get... Uh, what was it you had to track down those other dogs for? I'm trying to remember. Mm-hmm. A long time ago. 
<laughs> I know she makes a she makes a doggy friend in the uh, forest. But that yes. was a different quest. Well, it's because it was that um, yeah. that one warrior. He's like, I have a dog. You have a dog. Let's be friends. Yep. And then you're just like they they have their cute little puppy puppy fit, and it's the cutest thing ever. And then you want to watch it again, but you can't. Because the game only does it once. Aww. I love puppy fits. <laughs> but that dog was one of the dogs that you had to track yes, down. Yes, you had to track down. I don't, I don't remember why you had to track the dogs down. Was it mandatory? <laughs> yes, it was. Okay, so then no wonder why I'm trying to block it from my memory. <laughs> I don't like when certain collectibles are mandatory. There are a lot of things to collect in this game. Oh my god, yeah. The amount of most of it, yeah, most of it's not mandatory, but a few things were. No, but running around, finding something good inside that spot that you just learned how to access. I remember the statues that you can make wall trails come out of. Those were cool. Wall trails. See, I'm 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 really <laughs> setting the setting the vocabulary charts on fire tonight. It's all good. Don't worry. Sam is, here. Um, Sam is here to give us the official Japanese names for things, so we call them things like booby lady. Yeah, I've never heard it pronounced yammy before, though. That makes me think of... Well, yammy is the name for demons or devils. I've always heard it pronounced yami, though. Yammy, yammy yam. makes me think of an adjective using the phrase, tastes like a yam. Honey, how white and non-Japanese am I? Uh, you are a better place to answer that than I. Exactly. I'm going to say things how I think they're said because that's usually what I do. That doesn't mean I'm right. <laughs> so they are, you know. You made me hungry for yams. Then go eat some yams. But the can in the garage it had an expiration date of two years ago and I had to throw it out. Uh, wow, well, I've gone off topic. In any case, this game has lots of fun stuff. One thing I don't like about it is it's mandatory minigames, but I will openly admit my absolute hatred towards minigames in general. So, although you gotta admit the shmup was kind of fun. What was that? That was the one where you had to use Ami's, uh, her weapon as like a shooter. I don't remember what part it was, I just remember it being neat. Yeah, and some then, of the minigames were fun, some of them were really annoying. Well... Let's all, no, like, cry about digging one more time. Uh, <laughs> what are they, were there four times you had to do it? Something. Yes! And it got bigger with each one. And it got dumber as each one went on. Sorry, I had to do... I remember doing the last digging mini game like, 40 times. I remember that's why I put Okami away for, like, a month and a half. I was that mad at it. Fortunately, I think the final digging mini game was after the part where I quit. I think I quit pretty close to the end, but... I miss I miss some of the more obnoxious parts of the game, like having to fight what's his bucket way too many times and things like that. Pukey oh, dragon yeah. face. <laughs> oh, you didn't just have to fight him again. You had to fight four other bosses all over again. Yeah. Yeah, I think I repeated like the first two and then got to the part I couldn't get past. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I think I'm okay with that. I really love this game and I think I've had my money's worth out of it. Oh, but the great thing is that the bosses weren't even any stronger. And you were, so you blew them apart real fast. <laughs> That's true. Other than Orochi, yeah. I mean, they weren't that difficult the second time. Just just Orochi was a pain in the ass, and that's because they still made you do the stupid QTEs in it, and it was just annoying. 
Eight heads got to kill each one in a distinct pattern. Yay. Down with QTEs. I am not a fan of QTEs. No. So, and that was one thing with this game that it was kind of unnecessary that they were there, but they figured, hey, we probably need these to make it look more action-oriented. That was sort of at the time when QTEs were getting really popular, too, so they probably were like, this is popular, let's put some in. Can we blame Shenmue? We can blame Shenmue for many things. Is Scott there saying that we should blame it for this? Sure. <laughs> How so are we asking our spouses, Kyle? What do you blame for QTEs? <laughs> he says, oh, my, my spouse is watching NCIS on the TV. He doesn't want to be bothered by RPG backtrack. Wait, is he watching the good NCIS with Abby? He's or watching the, the one with all the hot people in it. LA. Yeah. LA. Okay, LA is just fun to watch because the people are hot. Yep. Mm-hmm. Chris O'Donnell. Mm, LL Cool J. These are not puppy dogs. <laughs> Chris O'Donnell, I will never forget or forgive for certain things he did mid '90s that disturbed me and made me despise his face. Hey, hey, hey! We're not picking on LL Cool J though. We're not Nobody picks on, on LL. Nobody picks on LL while I'm here. Or Hetty. That- Wait, that explains why somebody had an LL, had written LL Cool J come get me on the back of his car a few days ago. I wondered about it at the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, anyway. yeah. Not Okami. <laughs> Sorry. But hot black guy, so. I didn't diverge this time. I think the backtrack has gotten off track. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to see if you were still awake, Phil. I allow, because I know you, you, you volunteer your time to come on a show and provide the service, I do allow a certain, uh, you know, uh, uh, space to move around in and, and some liberties, but now we need to get back on track. Puppies? <laughs> no, puppies. no, no puppies. But this, but this game is puppies. is puppies. No, no, no more puppies. I'm tired of dogs. I'm a cat person. Let's find a game with cats. Mike, I know we were going to talk about a comedy day next, but can't you find us an RPG featuring cats? I can. Did you want it to be good, too? Mm, that'd be nice. <laughs> if we could pretend that Tokyo Jungle is an RPG, you can play as a cat in that one. It's fact, kind could... of an RPG, though. It's a roguelike. <laughs> you, you can even unlock my cat. There's a cat called Fat Cat, and it looks like my fat cat. Well, there you so go. There go. That's what Scott oh, said. He was so excited. He's like, it's Mr. Chet, and he's in a video yeah. game. <laughs> he is. <laughs> too funny. But seriously. Can we, oh, wait, can we Fantasy Star. Control? There we go. There, there's a cat for you. Go play Fantasy Star, Phil. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Puppies. Puppies. Back okay, um, yeah. Uh, um, okay, really since you didn't finish it yet, since you didn't finish it, Becky, I don't... Did it feel long to you during the stretch that you played? Like there were any things that oh. you could have been excised? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, there, the, any, the repetition stuff could have been excised, although it was not nearly as bad in Okami as it was in Okami Den. Um, I, I played it for quite a few hours because I'm a completionist, so I was going back and like trying everything with every power I had in every area. So. You know what? I feel that Okami probably had less padding than Okami Den did, but yeah. some of it was still really inexcusable. Like, I'm still going to rag on the boss fights because as much as they were really cool in terms of the kind of puzzles they forced you into and which celestial brush powers you had to use, there was no reason to have to 
repeatedly do them, that was unnecessary padding. Yeah. Um, you know what? Some of the backtracking that the game made you do, some of it was really unnecessary, especially, for example, when you have to, halfway through the game, go all the way back to Kamiki Village, and you don't have the warp power yet. Yeah, I remember that. That was kind of annoying. <laughs> so there's little things like that where, I mean, it's not as bad as it could have been, but it was still really unnecessary. As bad as it could have been implies that there's a way to successfully make the game take two th- 300 hours and cut that down by 90%. Well, like I said, it is less of an offender than the next game we're going to talk about. And that... We keep... Are we ready to say... Was that a segue? That sounded like a segue. Are we well, why don't we give our with... endorsement? <laughs> well, we could do the endorsement at the end when we talk about book games. Although... Yeah, well, the one one thing I, we haven't really talked about is the combat system, which oh, is not... Oh, yeah, combat system. It's, it, it's not generally considered the strength of the game. Circle of death! Circle of death! <laughs> yeah, you're stuck in a circle and you don't have a lot of room to maneuver. Circle of death! Yeah, it's really um, weird, because yeah, most of the time in those Zelda games and stuff, you can kind of, you know, like 3D Dot Heroes and stuff, you'll see the little guys kind of, you know, out there, and you can approach them or run away. They're just out there on the field, but this one... It's like a breakaway RPG. There's a battle screen, and well, a circle pops up, and you're in an arena of death. You could manipulate the environment in the circle, though. Like, sometimes... Um, There'd be a circle, bush or a tree in it, yeah. Yeah, there would be a bush or a tree or a torch. Uh, sometimes there's cracks in the walls, which you yeah. could then use bombs on. Um, so there was definitely some some ways to manipulate the battles in your favor. But the, the battle system really required you to kind of pay attention to what kind of enemies you were facing and then figure out the correct brush technique to use on them. Yep. Or just at the, spam bombs. At the correct time, which for most enemies was pretty obvious. So it was sort of the, the problem with the game was that um, a lot of the enemies was really easy and you just end up having to fight too many and say, oh, this is the one where I have to make it bloom and then have to do that over and over again with your analog stick. And that <laughs> that could get a little old. And then there were others there. It wasn't as obvious how to um, defeat them or they just required that you hit them with your sword a lot. And then the part <laughs> the parts of the combat system where you had to hit things with your sword was not the greatest. No. And, and Becky probably remembers this from the Dark Cloud cast, but apparently I have more camera issues in 3D games than many people. So the battles, because you could sometimes get stuck in a corner with the camera and not be able to see very well, that bugged me. Yeah, I would have that problem too. I, this was, um, I was not as good at console games then as I am now, so I, I definitely had some trouble that I wouldn't have nowadays with, with the combat system. Definitely not the strength of the game, but for the most part, again, it was a mostly forgiving combat system. So you didn't yeah. have to worry too too much about, you know, not knowing what you were doing because the game was pretty generous about telling you kind of what you needed to do, especially like the enemies for an example where you get an orange circle pop up and basically it was saying, "Bloom the enemy" or "Bloom the draw a circle here, you dummy." <laughs> <laughs> I liked when that happened because like I said you bloomed an enemy; they usually would die instantly, and then you'd get lots of money. Which money was not very useful in this game, other than to buy more ink pots or solar uh, solar panels. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I was just full up on items all the time because I'd be like, I have money, yeah. I'll go buy some stuff. Well, especially because like some of the uh, the secondary there... items were fun. Like the exorcism equipment was great. Just if you wanted to just get a battle over with without 
really even doing anything. It's just like, I'm going to use exorcism fire. And then the fire yeah. would just appear on the screen, and it's like, oh, everyone's dead. Cool. <laughs> I can go Wasn't back to there, Yeah, there was a guy who taught you extra combat skills, and he required money, didn't he? Yes. Um, yeah. He did, <laughs> and that was just to kind of upgrade a lot of your brush techniques. But you didn't actually have to upgrade the brush techniques. Like, that was the thing. It was kind of optional to do that. And but the one honest, he upgraded the three bombs. He made it so awesome. he could use two bomb and then three. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like you didn't and, have and to. And I think he allowed you to handy. use. I think he allowed you to use more than one power slash in one go, right? Yes. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, that was one of the powers or one of the upgrades was you could do multiple slashes at once. Um, and then one of the other ones, for example, for the uh, fire power was you could do like a gale storm slash fire. Which was pretty cool. Oh yeah. So you make the wind power and then but you do it with the flame instead, which was pretty cool. And you could do it for the water too and the lightning. So there were some useful upgrades. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Mostly I used the three I, bombs. I, I was gonna say, that is the best one. You know, th there is something I feel like we should mention. I don't know about you guys because you guys all played it on PS3, but if you bought the Wii version, apparently there was a giant watermark on it that said IGN on it. So Capcom, oh, right. the, the, the oh uh, right, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty hilarious. That was. I remember that was a big stinky. I remember. Yeah. It was like oh, Capcom. Yeah, the, their artist apparently <laughs> got lazy and didn't want to look up the original file, so they just stole IGN's picture. That right. was so, oh my gosh! I think every copy I've seen of the game on the Wii still has that. Like even though Capcom was gracious enough to you know offer a new one for people, you know, Lord forbid if they needed it. But it was just kind of funny. Like it has also on it like best game on the PS2. Here's an IGM seal, uh, IGN seal of approval <laughs> in terms of watermark, and it's like oh my god! Like Capcom, what are you doing? Hey, at least they spelled the game special. name right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Capcom! You make me smile in the worst. <laughs> and, and they spelled Capcom correctly on the box too, so you know. Oh yeah, I saw that on the PS2 box. That was just sad. Oh, I think my... the I think the one where they spelled Capcom wrong was a, a, a trailer for something. Yep, they spelled it Capcom. <laughs> yeah, and then it was uh, the Resident Evil 3DS game where they spelled the title wrong revelations and if you look at the side of the box art like on the this, the label it it says that it's awesome yep. so and Revel let's all Revel be sad. revelations yep. yep and let's all be sad that of course uh you know clover doesn't exist anymore yeah um, it's sad it was sad um and it's like damn it if more people had bought okami maybe clover would have survived um, there was a lot of good stuff quirky Japanese games. Exactly. We always need more quirky Japanese games. We need quirky good Japanese games. Yeah. The, I mean, as opposed to quirky Japanese games that are creepy. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like we can't just expect uh, Hideki Kamiya there to just keep giving us freaky, creepy Japanese games. Because clearly we need more Bayonetta guys. Clearly. Oh, clearly well, we need that, that NIS game about the, the prison ladies being escorted out by the guy to come here because that's... Oh. Criminal, <laughs> criminal girls. There we go. Yep. Yeah. No, we do not need criminal girls. <laughs> no, we don't. Maybe need it's an, maybe it's actually an awesome game, and the concept is just blinding us to it. I know a certain staff member that's getting an awesome Christmas present. 
Uh... Poor Max Storm. <laughs> Clearly now I'm going to go see if I can find a copy of Criminal Girls and mail it to him. <laughs> you think of Max Storm first when you think of Criminal Girls? Wow. Because it's on PSP. Oh, oh right, right. <laughs> and he has every PSP game. Just hey, get, get, him the, get him a copy of Brandish on PSP. I'm sure he'd love that. All right. Okami yeah. done. <laughs> I, think, I think we are now officially done with Okami. <laughs> uh, okay, since I got you ladies' permission, we're going to take a brief respite, and we'll be right back after this musical selection. talk about Okami Din, developed by Mobile and Game Studio Incorporated, published by Capcom. This is released on <laughs> the Nintendo DS in North America on March 15th, 2011. This is a single-player action-adventure RPG for your Nintendo handheld DS something or rather system. <laughs> and this one's kind of small, little doggies, little puppy. It's the cutest puppy ever. It's the cutest puppy he rolls on his back. Me. He kicks his legs in the air. He is Dakota. <laughs> he is a very cute puppy. Probably the best part of the game is that it's a cute puppy. Puppy whoopies. Also, and Becky nobody takes super... him seriously. Becky was super nice. She actually bought me a Chibi Tarasu plushie. So I, I have it. I have a big one, and I cuddle it all the time. I was actually. You can thank Kyle for. For uh, camping the Okami booth um, the, during the press hour at PAX East. <laughs> so we went the day before, and she's like, we're going to have, like, two that we're bringing tomorrow. So during press hour, I was like, okay, I'm in line for Portal. You go get the puppy. <laughs> Tell Kyle that he is the greatest and that I love you both. 
Guy, you're the greatest. <laughs> he says, am I? <laughs> yes. Because there's Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Where's your Bobby? But yes. That's my contribution to the show. I mean, to this segment anyways. All the whole time, I'm just going to be throwing in those little Bobby, Bobby right in the middle. You won't know when it's coming. You just, you'll just jump upon you. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but it's hard not to have your heart melt over Chibi. Chibi Bobby. I mean, Chibi is just the epitome of cuteness. All you want to do is hug him and then smack everybody else in the game because they're so mean to him. So it's, hey, hey Mutt, do this. Hey, Mutt, you need to do this. And it's just like, leave Mutt alone. <laughs> Why don't you go do it yourself? You have wings. <laughs> Seriously. Or, like, they were so lazy, half the characters in this game. Why are they making the poor little puppy do everything? Because he's the celestial puppy. But they don't know that. Most of them. Yeah. I don't know why they decide that apparently it's fun to torment the puppy. All I know is that there's puppy cruelty in this game, and I don't like it for that reason. Chibi gets way abused way too many times in this game. I don't like the game because it repeated way too much stuff from the original Okami. Oh god, and, I know. And some of the stuff that it didn't repeat from the original Okami, it made you do several times. Yeah, that that is really what makes Okami Den kind of painful. As much as, you know, it's just as pretty as, you know, the PS2 and Wii game, um, the amount of repetition in this game is unforgivable. Um, especially just because... First off, there's no reason to repeat half the stuff you do in the original Okami in this game. And there were parts of it that just seemed like were directly taken out of the first game and just shrunk for yep. this game. Um, like, they make you redo the side quest about the beer. Um, they make you watch the entirety of the very first scene that happens in Okami again. Only this time with Chibi. Um, you have to do, you know... You, when you meet Kuni, Kuni is just supposed to be, um, like, he's the partner character for Chibi, but he's essentially supposed to be Susanoo from the first game. Um, and he's actually a, quite the douchebag. <laughs> actually, all the partners are kind of douchebags. I don't like the partners. The partners pretty much just sit there and kick the puppy, and they're not even useful. That's the irritating part about the partners in this game. They're not actually useful. It's I remember the mermaid little... kicking him. <clears throat> yeah, the mermaid. So it, mermaid it, it is nice. difficult for the mermaid to kick anything. Yeah, the the mermaid, mermaid was sweet. The mermaid was cute. I had nothing against Nanami. Nanami was cute. Um, but the the Miko, Mako, whatever you want to call her, the priestess, she was horrible to the dog. Okay, was she the one who wanted to she's act? The one, she's the one who makes you exercise the puppet boss. Okay, yeah, she's the she's the kid of the actors, right? Yeah. yeah, and she was just obnoxious. Although at least I, the theater was significantly different from something from the, the original Okami, so I appreciated that. <laughs> I actually didn't mind doing the theater. The theater was not dreadful compared to some of the other areas in the game. Um, my my actual hate in this game comes in the form of the character of uh, Kauro, which is the one with the wings. Mostly because he liked to die and fall down a lot on me. <laughs> and I really hated him for it. <laughs> um, oh, and lo and behold, you know, spoiler, he's the one of the bad guys. <laughs> like, he betrays Chibi and has no reason to do it. None. He's just like, yeah. He's a jerk. Yeah. 
he's a jerk and also he's like yeah you know the evil dude made me do it he offered me a better deal that's just like really you betray the cute puppy because some guy told you to wow you are lame yeah. like it was just it was a really dumb plot twist really dumb plot twist that made absolutely no sense was completely unnecessary and just kind of drove me ballistic when i got to it i was just kind of like wow game i feel like popping you out right now and not finishing you but i have a I problem didn't... in that i like to finish games i didn't even get that far i got most of the way through the city and i've just had had enough of redoing the areas from the original Okami. Oh, hey, and wasn't that city exactly the same from the first Okami? Pretty much, other than the theater. Like, ugh. That this game was just massive amounts of recycling. And now, the one good thing about it was <clears throat> with the I, DS I will stylus. Say, oh, there was ahead. one fairly new thing when you go into the Demon Town. Yeah, oh, the yeah, the Demon Town was fun. And make your own mask, which they'll automatically accept because apparently demons have no eyesight capability whatsoever i'm not gonna lie i usually put like childish words on them i'm pretty sure one <laughs> round it was poop and pee because <laughs> <laughs> i'm immature i made yep. it i made i made it look like a kitty cat <laughs> <laughs> those and, masks really do encourage immaturity and i don't i don't remember having as much difficulty with it as you apparently did sam but when the the demon witch is chasing you out of the place that was at least different it was yeah. different, kind of fun. Um, I know I had problems with it, but that was just more of my timing skills suck. And of course, I, I see this in a weird way because I played Okami then first, then I played Okami and thought, boy, this seems familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you were the... Did, I think I did really poorly at the Demon Witch race, but it was pretty forgiving, so I managed to make it through anyway. <laughs> well, again... Okami Den, like its predecessor, is really forgiving in a lot of the mini games. There was one mini game that it was not forgiving of, and I don't know if you got this far, Becky, but there is one where you have to fly up to the thundercloud and then use Gale Storm to avoid being like flung around. I vaguely remember that. I think I did that. Um, that was the mini game that made me rage on Twitter because it was one very unforgiving, and two, it was obnoxious. Yeah, I think I remember that being pretty obnoxious. Like it was that dreadful. was close to that was close to when I quit. <laughs> and I mean, the thing is, you know, the stylus controls are awesome in this game. They yeah. really are. For the most part, you can you have more precision to do what you need to do in this game. Um, but yet, that one mini game that was one of the few times where precision didn't even help you out. <laughs> See, I'm bitter. I'm trying to remember it. It's where you're going up to the Thunder Mountain. I didn't mind the okay, other yeah. Mini game Okay, yeah, I remember time. that. I'm remembering it now. I don't remember it causing me any trouble. But, uh... I found that one had a particular sensitivity to the brush motions. Like, if you didn't do it perfectly, that game would decide, hey, you didn't do it, so uh, you're flying off the screen now. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I got thrown off a few times. I don't think it was the worst problem, but... No, I just remember for me, it was just a very frustrating minigame that just reminded me why I mostly hate minigames. On the other hand, the other minigame in the Thundercloud area, the one where you play the rhythm game, was really fun. Yeah, the rhythm game was cool. I like that one. Um, I like that it had some variety in its minigames this time around, even if not all of them worked. 
And it didn't have the digging game, so I was happy for that. Yes. Everything. Hey, who, who likes going back 100 years again to see Nagi and Shiro Nui doing their thing again? Wasn't that Not great? Me. <laughs> Not me. I just kind of rolled my eyes, and then when they made me do the same QTE from the first game, I was kind of sitting there going, really? Really? Thanks, game. Like, this game did not try in a lot of ways, which is really the disappointing thing about it. At least most of its bosses were new and interesting. The bosses were new. The bosses were definitely an improvement, I would say. That giant catfish was pretty interesting. Oh, I love the catfish. Yeah, the catfish was cool. And I liked, I actually didn't mind the toad one either. I thought the toad one was pretty cool. It took me a while to get the rhythm, but finally I realized, oh... I need to hit his belly button. <laughs> See, the, the one boss fight that I kind of took issue with was the one in the theater house with the yeah. Yeah, different Kabuki characters. Oh, that one made me rage. And that was only because that one has weird sensitivity issues, I noticed. Yeah, yeah. Like, sometimes you would think that you have done something, and then you wouldn't. And then when you had to do the exorcism, exor- like the little exorcism yeah. minigame. The exorcism, for some reason, just didn't work as the way you thought it should. Yep. Like, I know I had to watch a YouTube video just to kind of figure out what it actually wanted me to do because the game does a terrible job of explaining it. Yeah, I figured it out, but it took me a little while, and I I think I had to use a lot of items to survive. I know I did. I was, I was very cranky. <laughs> um, I remember I might have died once before I got the rhythm, but after that, I just... The game is fairly generous with letting you heal, so that wasn't too much of a problem for me. Well, it was also generous in the amount of times like that it would let you try to exercise it. Like You didn't have to wait too, too long again before you could do it, which was nice. Yeah. But it was just trying to get the rhythm. And because the, the pattern always changed every time you did it successfully, you had to sit there and remember where all the dots started. And you had to do it in the exact order to make the exact image that it wanted you to make. But it didn't explain all the steps, so I remember that was why I got so frustrated. Yeah, I think I had to look up a couple of the, like, what the heck the do I do here the steps, on, yeah. uh, game facts or something. But, I mean, again, it was a cool boss fight, just, you know, that was a rage-inducing one at the same time. Yeah, it just um, was, it wasn't uh, explained well enough to you. Nope. And, I mean, one of the other boss fights that I actually did enjoy was the King Fury one. Once again, once I figured out what the pattern was to make King Fury fall down. <laughs> Once he fell down, it was like, all right, I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> but Kaoru was so useless in that battle, too. Like, that was the thing. Every time they made me have Kaoru in my party, I was pretty much, like, cranky the whole time. It's like, give me back little priestess girl. She's obnoxious, but I'll take her. <laughs> can, I have, can, I have, can I have the mermaid back? I like her. She's cute. She calls you Squiddy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so cute that Chibi was called Squiddy. <laughs> Everybody had a nickname for uh, for Chibi, which was kind of endearing. <laughs> when it was an endearing nickname, anyway. Yep. I did like the chubby partner you got at the end of the game. He was kind of adorable. And he had a really neat boss fight that they made you do, which was there was a dragon head, and it was trapped in a wall of ice. And pretty much you had to wait until an icicle would appear over his head, cut the icicle, then run all the way back to the cannon, and then you launched him out of a cannon. Nice. Like, he's a little chubby guy with a flaming hat, and he was so cute. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to launch you like every time that I can, dude. <laughs> and then there was like a different trick for each time that you did it, but I mean, it was pretty easy to pick up on, but it was actually a really fun boss fight. I actually do have to say the boss fights, for the most part, were pretty fun in this game. 
I love the final boss fight of Okami Den, though. I thought that was incredibly <clears throat> clever compared to fighting Orochi three times. Well, that was not the final boss of Okami. The final boss of Okami was um, whatever that was thing. Shadow. Was Shadow Kuni with and four Shadow with Kuni. four joke forms there where you just have to beat him up for a while in the gigantic sphere before the fifth and final form that actually puts up a fight. Yep. Well, well, the first four did put up a fight, but it, it wasn't a serious fight. Well, that's because it was just a face with hands, and then when you get to the actual real boss, you find out it's Shadow Chibi and Shadow Kuni, and they mimic everything that you do. So if you jump into the the screen for using your celestial brush powers, the computer can you, you have to you have to use it real fast. Yep, you or else it'll x you out. You have to be quick on your feet, and then I just and remember I, times he got me too, and I'd be really pissed off. I'm like, no, I was making a bomb. Go and away. I remember he he also likes to make the screen complete black so that you can't see oh, a damn yeah. thing. That was hard, <laughs> but you know what? It was done in such a way where he would give you like probably like a smidge of a second to draw the sun. So you had to be really fast, but when you would draw yeah. the sun up, it would stun him. So you always had enough time to, to give him a good walloping. Um, and items actually worked on that boss, which I thought was kind of interesting. You could use like your exorcism arrows and stuff and it would work just fine. Cool. I had like a bunch of those leftovers. I'm like, I'm going to try this, see what happens. It worked. I remember I, was- I don't remember using those, just going at it legitimately and, uh, I guess I was just fast enough to, on the draw to beat him most of the time. I just tried it because I could, right? It was more of a, <laughs> I had all these items. Like, I, I went a little excessive with the amount of items that I bought <laughs> for the end of the game and realized that I really didn't need as many as I had. But, you know, better safe than sorry, right? Um, yeah. And what else were you going to do with that money? <laughs> exactly. It's not like I can buy Ishun's masterpieces. I have to find those. And Ishun does come back at the end of the game. Um and he comes back as like your Rocky coach. <laughs> <laughs> he spends these like, all right, Chibi, you know, this is how you gotta do it. You gotta beat this guy. And like Chibi would just be looking at him like, huh? You're gonna eat lightning and you're gonna crap thunder. Exactly. <laughs> like, that was the best part about And Chibi had the little Chibi question marks over his head. Like, huh? <laughs> so Chibi would just go do his own thing. I love Chibi. So yeah, times- a lot of times people tell him very serious things, and he'd be like, "I have a puppy." He'd go running off. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna go frolic. There's a ball. <laughs> There's a stick. Look, I brought you a stick. <laughs> that, that's one thing I loved about the fact that you know Amaterasu had a little bit more human-like qualities, but obviously it's because she was an adult wolf. Whereas Chibi's a puppy. Chibi does everything that puppies do, from frolicking to sleeping to pooping. Like Chibi did it all. And it was really endearing, <laughs> like the fact that they actually played up the whole puppy aspect. Yeah. And they didn't try to make him mature. Like he has his moments where he's forced to mature, but that's only because bad things are happening to his master. He don't like it. I don't know why, but Chibi reminded me way too much of a Labrador retriever. Like the, I must please you, so watch as I please you. <laughs> Ooh, and then if you did, kinky. Hey, 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 hey. We're not talking about bestiality here. Knock it off. Bad Phil. I'm trying to think, is there anything else about Okami Den that really like stands out? I mean, it definitely looked great on the the DS. It had a lot fewer powers than Okami. I remember that. It did, but for what it's worth, it strengthened the ones that you did get. 
Um, there was a lot more, like, just as many hidden things in Okami Den as there was in the first one as well. I mean, I thought the new thing with the dandelions was kind of interesting. Like, for a while there, I couldn't figure out why I couldn't knock the dandelions over until I got <laughs> Gale Storm, and then I was like, oh, that's why. <laughs> like, Chibi yeah. would get mad, too. <laughs> The uh, celestial animals, it was all like the kids of the old celestial animals that give yep. you brush powers, and they were pretty cute, most of them. The whale's still the best. You know, did we ever really un- explain how the praise system works, the, the experience surrogate of these games? No, but all it is is you do good deeds for people, you earn praise, then you get more ink pots and um, health. health. And it's awesome. So be and sure doing to do good deeds usually counts as cleaning up the, the land. Yeah. Yep. Or making people happy. Yep. Get rid of those demon nests, clean up the ugly marsh full of poisonous gases, and make by sure dumb, you get praise from it. And make sure that you bloom all the sad-looking trees. Yep. One new thing Okami didn't had was it had sort of a little hub town that you um, kept, you would go back to um, all the time, and you would get new people living there, and you'd get new services and there was a kind of complicated gear creation blacksmithing system that I never did much with. I didn't so. use it at all. But I did as <laughs> when I did find people, I did send them to the town and um although and trying to get, get back to that town was a pain in the butt most of the time. Yes it was. Oh and speaking then, of blooming trees, remember that guy with the tree on his head who was just almost impossible to guess unless you read around like I did trying to figure out why have I not gotten all the trees? I never got all the trees. Drove me nuts. I was missing one. It was on that guy's head. I he has a tree on his one. head. I know. I tried it. It didn't work. It's supposed to. That's the last tree. Well, there's a task that you have to perform for him before you can actually kind of just bloom it. It uh, deals with his house. Because his house also has a tree on it. <laughs> yeah, I, I did the tree on the house. I don't know what I was missing. I was I missing know. something. It was a pain in the butt because, like, the game was a little bit on the sensitive side about that that particular guy. Yeah. And I know I had the same problem with a different character where um, you had to use your lightning power to wake up this one guy who was, like, just, he looked like he was dying in the middle of the street. And then there was this lightning ghost. He'd be like, ha I'm going to, like, make him wake up with lightning powers. Um, but sometimes... I found that it was a little sensitive, so it didn't always work. So I'd get scolded by whoever my partner was. Like, we are supposed to be helping them. Why aren't you helping them? And meanwhile, I'm like, I'm doing what you want me to do, game. Stop it. Exactly. I don't know how many times that happened to me, though, where it's like I was doing it the way I thought it was supposed to be done, like the way that they were showing in the example, and then it still wouldn't work. Yeah. That kind of Yeah, it did have some problems that way. Again, good ideas. Not entirely perfect execution i.e why did you guys fire clover they would have done a much better job with this game exactly (laughs) why did capcom disband clover there's the question that's what i said yeah honestly Mm. is okami den a bad game no it's just you need to have a high tolerance for repetition (laughs) definitely not as good as okami had I actually played it after Okami instead of the reverse order, I would probably think less highly of it than I did at the time. Yeah, but you were the reviewer, so, you know, it's just how the cookie crumbles. Yeah. I mean, I, I seem to remember Adrian thinking about us on the level I did before the game, because we put our reviews up at the same time. 
Yep. You know what? Like I said, there's there's good ideas, and I think for the most part, it's it is a poor man's substitute to the first game. It really is, but it's a lot easier to find than the first game is. So, and I mean, it does have some improvements over the first game in terms of control. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> the controls are so much better. Yeah, and the, not perfect, the combat, I, I found the combat to be more fun in general. It was actually a lot faster, too. Yeah. Um, which was great. Um, and you could still, I mean, you were still doing the exact same thing as you were in Okami, but at least there was a lot more to manipulate. And just battles in general just went by really fast. And there was less cheap tricks in some of the battles, which was kind of nice. Yeah. Especially for someone like me who has no patience. Yeah. Well, just using this, being able to use the stylus to draw a bomb really quick was just made all the difference in some ways. Absolutely. <laughs> As opposed to taking the analog stick and being like, I guess this is a bomb. <laughs> is it a That's... bomb? I can't tell. <laughs> Yeah, and if you took too long, then, oops, the game thinks you're done and automatically breaks you out of it. Yeah, like, yeah. <clears throat> so frustrating. That was when I, as a PC gamer, was like, can I use my mouse? <laughs> I like my mouse. Seriously, though. Mouse. Stylus, awesome. Analog stick, not so great. <laughs> so in that regard, I kind of would take Okami done over Okami. Just, just for the control part. Not for the plot, because I will murder every single character in that game if I could. Other than yeah, Jimmy. they tried really oh, hard I mean, to you... make the characters have quirky personalities, and then ended up just making most of them unlikable. Well, it's not that they're just unlikable; they were just mean. Yeah. <laughs> other than Nanami and that kid, whose name I forget. Next, like... you're going to tell me you didn't like having to fight all the bosses again at the end. Oh, oh, because I loved that the first time. Well, we know that. We, we do know oh. you love re- repeated content like that. So do I. It smacks of originality. This sounds like a game a certain former would like. <laughs> hey, Kyle, how much do you like fighting the same bosses over and over again in a game? He says, why would you want to? <laughs> because <laughs> it makes you. Man. <laughs> Smart man. He doesn't play these kinds of games, so he doesn't know what I'm talking about. He wants to know if you get new loot. <laughs> <laughs> you get nothing usually and not even you know puppy being like here I'm giving you paw so disappointing I think we run out again suit game Z puppy has run out of steam is it time for Z puppy to take the nap it is nap time for puppy I know because my puppy's looking at me going why aren't we in bed it's wonderful <laughs> All right. Well, oh wait, we, we, we almost forgot. We almost Blowing forgot. We almost forgot to do the wrap up. Oh my gosh! So, Okami, thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up. I will gladly give it pause up. Pause up. Okay, there you go. You know what? What it's worth, as much as it has its it it has its elements of frustration, it's still a really wonderful game to play, and you're not gonna find anything like it. Um, and if anything, like you'll just get swept away with the world because the world is one of the more unique things you'll see in a video game. I mean, it's one so, of those few games that even though I quit it in frustration at one point, like I don't regret playing it at all and I still loved it. But is it's it, just I had one section I couldn't finish. Is it $99.46 worth of good? <laughs> no, because we're going to get it cheaper on PlayStation Network when it releases. So let's you have a PS3. Because I know the Wii version's even more expensive. 
the the PlayStation Two version, you can actually get it. Uh, there's a number of used copies under uh, fifteen bucks. But uh, you know, these, this guy named Labs Books Eleven, who's got like a ten thousand feedback, but only ninety seven percent rating, uh, seems to think it's worth a hundred bucks in like new condition. You can get it brand new for about from a number of other vendors for about forty five well, to fifty five bucks. eBay loves it every time he lists because eBay gets to charge him a fee, and if it doesn't sell, then he has to relist it. Well, on Half.com, there's no listing fees usually, unless they've changed the rules in a while. So I'm kind of looking on there. It's usually faster mm-hmm. to find prices. So what about uh, Okama Den? Should we I liked buy, it. Should, should we I'm get not, that? I liked it without loving it. Did you $20 worth of like it? That sounds about right. Go, that sounds reasonable. Going uh, used for yeah. about twenty plus shipping. Brand new is uh, thirty plus shipping. I'd go with the twenty dollar copy. There you go. Because I don't honestly think Capcom needs extra money for the half-ass job they did on it. Shoot. Nope. <laughs> I I am more hesitant to give a recommendation on Okami Den just yeah. because if you've played Okami, you don't need to play Okami Den. If you can't get Okami. Like I said, it's a poor man's substitute. Hmm. You know what isn't a poor man's substitute? Our blast from the recent past segment. Yeah, there we go. That's a segue. <laughs> we'll attend uh, to that uh, when we come back from a brief break. done this in a while. It's our blast from the recent past segment. In this segment, we'd like to talk about games that came out this time about two years ago. Now, we don't go over every single RPG that was released, uh, just some of the highlights and the lowlights that might have uh, stuck out to some of us here uh, on the cast. And this first one, well, rumor has it it might be a low light. We're going to have to ask my good friend in arms, Mr. Minky, here. It is Dawn <coughs> of Heroes. This is a Wicked Studios development for your Nintendo DS handheld system published by Majesco and released in North America on September the 7th, 2010. Um, I, th- I think this is actually a single and multiplayer Action RPG. I might it is be not wrong. an action RPG. No? What is it? It is a tactical game. Tactical. Multiple <clears throat> player tactical game. Oh, do do tell us, Mr. Minky. What's this about? 
What you want the plot to this? I want the plot. But, I want everything, man. Just just give it to me. There's both an barrels. evil guy. All right, evil there's guy. There's an evil guy. Got it. And you have to go beat him. Got to beat him. All right, I'm liking it. It's classic. It's it's cliche. The, it's it's there. there it's getting my there are four going. guys at the start of the game. All right. Uh, are they all bad? Uh, they, no. Oh, okay. they, these are your characters. Oh, good guys. All right. One of them is an idiot. Oh. And he will prove it through falling down, getting a pie in the face at some point, I think, just being an idiot. That's something and like that you, at work. Ma- many other people join you. In yeah. fact, you can buy other people, but they never say anything. Oh, in quiet the people. Very, very quiet. Oh, that's like Final Fantasy Tactics. Don't you, know, you get like the couple people who talk, but then you hire people and they don't say crap? Okay, so, so far this game's great because it's just like Final Fantasy Tactics. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you get five people. Okay. And you go out and fight. All right. And you you never fight against anything more than five. Okay. And it's more like a puzzle game than a tactical game, actually. Get you out. You need to figure out exactly how you need to kill things, given everybody has some goofy abilities. And once you figure out exactly the right way, and you will die a few times doing it, then you win the fight. And... It's, and you get to move on to the next. It sounds like a combination of the last few uh, rounds of Valkyria Chronicles and uh, that Wild Arms uh, Crossfire game on the PSP. Yes! Let's see. It's on the <laughs> DS, and it's controlled solely through the touchscreen. Oh, that is precious. I know! It, that's what everyone likes to hear, right? Absolutely. If you're going to play a tactical game, I want, I, want to ha- I want to be forced to use the stylus to click all those tiny little icons and drag them all over God's creation. Let's see. Do you like needing to get new equipment every time you can because yep. your old equipment is completely outmoded the instant something new comes along? Oh, absolutely. And in fact, your equipment makes you have more hit points, a lot more hit points. Ooh. Without them, you'll get killed in one hit. Nice. Isn't that great? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. <laughs> so you're always upgrading and yet you never get anywhere? Ooh, that's the it's best kind of upgrading. Um, let's see. Do you like character art that reminds you of the Garbage Pail Kids? Oh, man, that was some classic stuff. Because these really do remind me of the Garbage Pail Kids. Hmm, nice. Let's see. Your maximum level is 25, and actually you will reach it. Because even if you don't do any grinding at all, you will reach level 25 by the end of the game. Isn't that great? You will reach the maximum level, so there's no real point in having any levels, is there? Come on, man. Who needs that? Who needs levels? (laughs) Come on. I remember near the end going through the final battle, which of course has three phases that you can't save between about, oh, ten times or so until I finally found exactly the right way to win because you use your abilities and they disappear after one use in battle generally. And it it involves a final boss that after you hit it will appear randomly somewhere else on the screen. And I also remember there's this concept called fair play that the game tries to have where you can only attack or be attacked twice in a turn. Okay, that's a new one. It's all it's for bosses, isn't it? It's like socialism has met our, you know, tactical RPGs. (laughs) Exactly. How is it fair? If you just keep attacking a boss. Well, hello. Answer yeah, me that. that's like that's like piling up on him. I mean, hello. And how is it fair if the boss hits you more than one more than twice in a turn? Now that's just not nice. No. He needs to spread but, that love out. Exactly. Yeah. Um 
Boy, I'm glad that I wrote this review because I have managed to forget a whole lot of this game. But I rem- <laughs> there were a lot of sifting through the random rewards of random battles I would fight, not for the experience, but because I might get good stuff out of it, and then hoping that I would. And if I didn't, um, oops, that was a waste of my time. And aside from everything I've mentioned so far, nothing else jumps out at me from the experience. The game tries to do something different in the tactical realm, and if you just can't get enough of garbage pail kids beating each other up, then that's the only reason I can really recommend it to you, and it's not much of one, is it? Because you can just go get the cards and do that yourself. Ew, garbage pail kids. They gave me nightmares. Aww, but... I, I just thought they were grody to the max. Bark out, <laughs> gagging with a spoon. Like, totally. <laughs> okay, I, I've done my part. This is the one game released two years ago that I know about. <laughs> and, I've, and I have dumped all over it. Hmm, well. <laughs> what, what am I supposed to say now? Phil needs to pick a new game. Okay, then I'll pick for him. Atelier Verona. Best game ever! <laughs> well, it's really awesome. I don't know if it's best game ever, but I we, loved it. We have to look up to see how much it's worth. I'm, I'm seeing her talking, no, but I guess the nobody mute cares button, how much Donna the mute button was, was keeping me. Now, Mike, Mike, what if, what if we told our listeners though, that all that awesomeness was available for only 15 bucks? Well, I could find you things that are worth 5 bucks, and we'll give you more fun than this. <laughs> I could give you things that are that are have no cost whatsoever, assuming you can find them through uh, gift, and they would also be worth more than this. Actually, many many games that cost less than fifteen bucks are worth more than this game. What what if somebody paid you fifteen bucks to play the game? <laughs> uh, but nice. Mac but Mac already gave me the game back when I had to review it, so. If getting the game for free doesn't count, what does? Mm. Hmm. All right, fine. We'll, we'll talk about Atelier Rorona. You know, fun. It's called Rorona's a good game. <laughs> Dawn of Heroes is a bad game. Wow. Let's, Let's talk see. about one-dimensionalness in, in, in gaming. Let's Rorona talk- good. <laughs> let's let's I, I don't know because metacritic's only got it at a 65 anyway uh atelier rorona mm-hmm. the uh the alchemist of ireland i think it is it's so small i can hardly read it this is developed by gus published here in north america by nis america this is released here on september 28th 2010 a single player rpg video game experience for your playstation 3 system rated t for terrific terrific and fantabulous ah also titties because there are a few scenes oh man remember (laughs) shopkeeper lady remember when she tried to grab your not so non-existent boobies yeah tiffany was amazing and terrifying at the same time yeah, the Ireland oh. series is is interesting in that the some of the uh, adult female characters have a habit of getting drunk and trying to grope the main character. You know, I'm still trying to figure out if half of the adult female characters in this series are lesbians because if they are, it makes perfect sense and it's kind of awesome. Um, Astrid still gives me nightmares though. 
Especially yeah, when Ro- she's just like, Roro, you're so cute. I want to touch you. And then so Roro's just like, I love you. Is a game. <laughs> Let's explain it. Um, it's about a cute girl who wants to be an alchemist. Yep. She wants to be an alchemist. And she has a really creepy mentor that she doesn't realize is creepy because she's very, very naive. She's dumb as a brick. Yeah. And but she's naturally really... talented. Yep. And as the game goes on, you kind of help her discover her talents. And, you know, it, it's a game about a girl growing into self-confidence. And it's it's really, really endearing. Yeah. The characters are really what make the game. The characters are a lot of fun. Um, and uh, the um, there's not a lot of... Um, what is it? I, I don't like the game quite as much as Sam does. Um, I do like it, but it has some serious pacing problems. In that it's there pretty are... much, if you don't like time limits, the game is not your friend. Well, the time limits. The problem with the time limits in Arona is actually that there wasn't enough to do if you were decent if at the game not... to yeah. fill out the time limits that it gave you. <laughs> so you sit vice there versa, and be like, if I... you sucked at the game. It was your worst yeah. nightmare. Yeah. So I I was doing pretty well at the game, and I was finding myself, well, I guess I'll go gather more ingredients, because I don't have anything else to do. Or um, I'll go make through. friends with people. Yeah. Um, I don't love the cast in Rorona as much as I do the other two games, um, but they give you a nice introduction to some of the characters who stay continuous, such as the sexy knight who is totally in the wrong video game, Sturkenberg. Yes, everyone loves Sturkenberg. Poor Sturkenberg. He, he Rorona, like... She's just so dippy, and he feels this desire to protect her, even though he probably also wants to slap her. And it's funny because in Japan, like, Rorona Sturkenberg is, like, the biggest thing ever. People love the pairing because they just think it's it's the cutest thing. Um, and I agree. I, I mean, they're, they're very cute. Um, you can tell that Stark really does care about her. I don't know if it's in a romantic way. I kind of don't think it is, but... He's he's just this poor guy who just really shouldn't be in this video game, and that's part of the fun <laughs> of his character. Um, there's Everybody else cute... is whacked out completely insane. <laughs> well, Puppet Girl was really... She wasn't as crazy as, let's say, Cordy. Cordy oh. was stereotypical rich girl who was really, really bossy, but secretly thought that Rorona was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Except for the fact that, that we're not entirely sure if Puppet Girl's puppets were actually magical puppets or not (laughs) kitties which was pretty awesome they were they were sarcastic kitties which i i appreciated but they were also kind of creepy in that you weren't quite sure (laughs) what was going on with them (laughs) so the one thing i loved about this game is that the alchemy system is just addictive you want to make things and it encourages you to make things and you can put all different kinds of combinations together. And as the series goes on, the alchemy system gets even deeper and deeper. Um, it really hit its peak in Meruru, which came out this year. And I I love the alchemy system is in this game. is partially why I adore the games outside of the characters. And the fact that these stories are very local. Um, you don't see a lot of that in RPGs. This is not a stereotypical save the world game. I mean, this is really about a girl growing into her skin. And it's beautifully done. Like, you actually do care about Rorona and her journey of self-discovery. Yep. And then as you play the other two games, you get a similar feel for Totori and Meruru. Yep. Although I don't think Totori grew up as much as she should have in the amount of time that the game passed. But that's my own lovely opinion about Totori. I think Rorona, they actually did a little bit better job, but it was also only over three years. 
Yeah, and see, I'm the opposite. I thought that Totori does a better job, but maybe it's also because I identified with Totori more than most people did. Like, that was a game that came to me at the right time in my life, where that character, she resonated with me perfectly. Even though I've been told by people that Verona's my soul sister. (laughs) I I, I loved Totori. I thought she was really sweet. I just thought that she didn't, like how old she was at the end of the game no, no, and how that, much she sure didn't quite match up. No, no, that part I completely 100% agree with. Because yeah. that was really bizarre what they did there and didn't make any sense. But her whole growing up process, I don't know, I really, I connected that, connected to that more than I did with Meruru. Meruru, Meruru and I have problems <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of characterization, but, you know, it's to each their own, regardless. The three female characters in this series, they're all awesome. They have different things about them that are really likable. And Rorona is a great place to start. It is probably a little bit, I would say, more difficult than the other two games, if for the sole fact that um, it's a little bit more archaic than the other two, in terms yeah. of its um, how time gathers and um, the request system. And the combat the other- system is really bare bones. Oh Super god, yeah. Nice. Like Totori and Meruru do an excellent job of improving on just about everything. Uh one thing about the Atelier series for most people, like that most people don't realize is that Gust is really good about improving on its formula. For the most part, everything it improves upon, it does a great job. Um but yeah, like I mean, Rorona's still a great place to start. It's still a very fun game. Um, I know so many people who just get addicted to the crafting and, and that's all they do. And the nice part about that game in particular is you, you don't have to focus on both adventuring and alchemy. You know, you can dabble in a bit of both, but you can go strictly alchemy-based. You can go strictly, you know, combat-based. It's completely up to you how you want to play this game. Um, you do which, have to do a little bit of both. You do have to, to do a little bit of both. Make it. But yeah, you can concentrate. Like, I concentrated heavily on alchemy when I played Rorona. And I concentrated um, a little more on adventuring. Yep. So, I mean, you can play it in different ways and have different outcomes. And the games also have many different endings. So, I There's mean... The problem with the endings is, in, in Rorona, they're completely completely obtuse. You have You are given no idea whatsoever how to get a different ending. Yeah. Um, so, so it's generally easiest to play it with the aid of a fact. If you're interested in, hey, I really like this character. I want to see their ending. You'll want to look up how to get it. Yeah, just fact. how to do it, so that we don't have to go back through it. I mean, unless you like the game enough that you want to do that, then by all means. Yeah. I unfortunately, mean, I think Rorona has the least replayability of the three Atelier games, just because once you get good at it, you have a lot of blank time to fill. Yep, um, I can agree with that, definitely. That being said, I mean, if you're curious about how the Arlen series works, there's totally nothing wrong with playing it. Um, I generally tell people to either start with Meruru or Totori, though, just because everything's so much more refined in those games. Um, Verona does have some moments where it can really test your patience uh, in terms of just its pacing. Yeah. Um, but I don't regret giving it the score that I did when I reviewed it way back when. Um, I still think it's a 4.5. <laughs> Um, I've gone back and replayed it. I mean, it's totally doable. I still have just as much fun replaying it now as I did when I first played it. Like, I plan to go play the other two now, too. 
And even though I don't like it as much as you do, I still do think it's a, it's a good game. It's a, it's a sweet game. And it is kind of, I mean, the, the series is definitely aimed at um, teenage girls. Um, and it's, you know, absolutely fine to play it if you're older. But it is kind of nice sometimes to have a series that's actually aimed at girls, but is not like, let's go shopping, you know? <laughs> like Absolutely. I mean, there is some shopping. Oh, yeah. But it's done in a fun way. So. Yeah. But like, yeah, and part of part of I would suspect that part of the Metacritic score is quite frankly a lot of reviewers are not the intended audience for this game. Um, considering the majority of the reviewers were male and likely didn't play a Gust game until then, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean Gust has a real particular sort of uh, atmosphere to their games, and it's either you like it or you don't. There really is no middle ground, and that's just looking at both. Uh, Atelier and Artanelico. Like, they're two major flagship franchises. They are so... You either really like it or really hate it. Having a middle ground is, like, next to impossible. And that's just because they have distinctive gameplay styles that you'll either, like, take to efficient bait or you won't. And in conclusion, barrel. Barrels. Barrels. So, yes, Verona, Verona is fun. But is it $37 worth of fun? Because it's really hot. Yeah, the used copies are even, like, in the in the mid-30s. Well, it is an NIS game. Yeah, that's why. But is it so is it worth it? I would say so. It depends on who you are, partly. Exactly. Like, if you have played other Gust games and you love them, then, yeah. If you think crafting items a lot in an RPG and having a really bare bones combat system that the game doesn't really focus on is not fun, then no. <laughs> and when in doubt, like I said, go play Meruru. It's probably cheaper to buy <laughs> and it fixes everything. There you go. Hmm. So, uh, let's see here. What else do we have on the list today? There's Death Spank. There's Death Spank. Deathbank was developed by Hothead Games, published by EA Electronic Arts, released on the PlayStation 3 on July 13th, 2010, uh, which is how I got it, uh, and later on on Windows, October 26, 2010. This is a single-player and a co-op action RPG experience. Uh, it's rated T for teen, and uh, you grab this. Uh, I, I grabbed it on the PlayStation 3 through the PSN store. Um, I don't, I don't remember seeing like a retail release for this uh, anywhere. So you're probably grabbing it through Steam or PSN or Xbox Live. Um, so yeah, Deathbank is a is a is a typical uh, action RPG with an atypical um, tongue-in-cheek uh, sense of humor to it. Uh, the uh, the yeah, I don't even know how to pronounce that word. Titular uh, main character. Uh, <laughs> how do you say that? I always want to say tit for some reason. T- titular. Uh, titular. There you go. The titular main character, Death Spank. Um, yeah, the, he, well, that's the name of the game. The game itself is set in the fantasy medieval world around that main character named Death Spank, who is who has been searching his entire life for some... A mysterious uh, artifact doohickey and uh and that's part of the humor is just how mysterious this thing is anyways he travels uh with uh with a wizard and the dio duo uh will go out there and try their job there to try to claim the artifact and rid the land of evil and he talks like this and we're gonna stop evil everywhere you know type of thing kind of like um uh, 
what was that? Oh my gosh, that, the Tick, you know, kind of that like that sense of humor from the '90s, um, with the with the really you know in your face type of of, of hero who talks uh, talks like that. Um, so um, uh, you know when the story begins, uh, De- uh, Man can't quite you know find the artifact. Thinks he's getting close, but he can't get to it. And uh, but he meets a local witch who promises to help them in exchange for uh, his help. So um, he, so he helps her do a variety of quests and eventually uh, obtains the uh, the artifact. Unfortunately, a group of evil henchmen come and uh, steal it. And uh, and, and uh, after their lengthy journeys and side quests and whatever have you, he faces off with the Lord Vong Prong and. Um, and uh, the game kind of ends on what's uh, you know clearly a, 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 a you know a, a head on to an, a sequel that uh, ended up being the uh, Throngs of Virtue, I believe, is a sequel to that. Uh, for the most part, it's it's a pretty enjoyable experience. I would imagine this is probably more fun if you got a partner to play co-op with you as a single player experience. Uh, the the humor is pretty cool. It's going to be kind of hit or miss depending on your own you know sense of uh, sense of humor. Um, whether or not that kind of resounds from you, you can just watch a few cutscenes online and see, you know, whether or not, you know, playing a game, you know, full of that would be, you know, totally fun for you or not. But uh, eventually, the the jokes do have to kind of slow down so you can get to the, you know, the action of uh, of killing things. And the action RPG elements were were, were satisfactory. It wasn't uh, Diablo three or you know Torchlight two or anything, but uh, you know, you ran around, got things done. Uh, I think the problem, one of the problems I was having though, is. Um, when I was playing it, I don't know if I just needed an 80-inch screen or something, but I did have trouble sometimes making out some of the the details and some of the you know things. Sometimes I even have trouble seeing the character sometimes versus the background, which which is kind of odd because it's a cartoony. You know, it looks if you look at the screenshot, it looks cartoony and high contrast, but it's just occasionally uh, I would kind of lose things, kind of squinting at the uh, screen. There, it was kind of irritating at times, but um, but uh, it, you know, it, it, the sense of humor kind of makes up for for some of those shortcomings. Um, if you're looking for, you know, there's not a, there's not a metric ton of like, you know, Diablo style action RPGs, um, you know, on there on the PlayStation. So, uh, if, if you're a big PlayStation fan and you don't regularly play on the PC, it's probably a a no brainer, um, to go ahead and and grab that one. But if you're, if you're used to more refined games like, uh, Torchlight or, or Diablo, I would only advise, uh, getting this one if you got some extra time to kill, uh, and, or you're looking for something that has a sense of humor, uh, because that's something you won't get, uh, too much in Diablo. (laughs) Sense of humor. (laughs) Yeah, not even. Um, so... Uh, even the items are, are kind of funny. I think at one point I got a toaster oven. So, uh, and, and the save points are, are outhouses. <laughs> so he just slams some stuff in there and he, you save your game. So This uh, game has a lot of poop jokes that I do remember. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and it's, uh, like I said, it's... Um, it's 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 hit or miss depending on what kind of humor you like and and things like that. I, uh, for me personally, it, it was uh, okay, all right, yeah. They they for me it was trying a little too hard, but uh, I could definitely see I could cer- certainly see some people just absolutely enjoying that the hell out of it. So oh poop jokes oh poop jokes stop it people yeah stop it yeah. So uh, let's see. And, and as far as the price is, I mean, it's a downloadable title. You grab it for ten or fifteen bucks. Uh, I won't even look up the price on that. It's going to be ten or fifteen or less. So it, it's not really a matter of whether or not it's worth your dollar as much as uh, whether or not you'd like that sort of thing or not. So uh, another 
um, title that I believe is also downloadable. In fact, that's how I got on my PSP is uh, that came out about two years ago is Cladoon. This is an RPG. I like how the title says this is an RPG. I'm not making that up, boys and girls. That's what it says. Cladoon, this is an RPG. And uh, I, I think it's a combination of classic and dungeon. They just kind of put like one syllable from each word. Cladoon. Uh, I think oh, that's where they came up with. Yeah, that's it. All right, good. I'm a smart cookie. I get the gold star today. This was developed by uh, System Prisma, published by Nippon Ichi Software, released in North America on September 20th, 2010. A single-player action RPG, rated E10, and uh, and it says here that it did actually come out on UMD. So you can grab, probably grab that somewhere on UMD. But uh, at this it never came out on UMD oh, only in Japan. It? Oh, in Japan. Okay, it was a network there. Yeah, because I got yeah. mine off the network. So. Yeah, no, it was only a network because Sony pretty much told Nisa, um, this game is not going to sell a lot, so <laughs> if you want to bother with this, it's a network only. Sony says that a lot to certain companies. Ah, well. That's why we have Tokyo Jungle for $15 and why Japan had it for like $80. <laughs> Well, and I'll tell you, you know, um, it, it is actually uh, kind of a, a great title to have downloaded if you've got the, the space on your PSP as far as uh, it's the type of game that, you you know, it, it kind of lends itself to firing it up for 15 minutes here or 20 minutes there um, rather than, you know, I mean, the way I tend to, to carry around my PSP is I'll have like a, like a big fat RPG in there or an action-adventure game that I'm working my way through. But then I have a number of downloaded titles that are kind of like my Atari, you know, short attention span breaks, you know. I, I, I kind of think of the Atari 20... I used to love the Atari 2600 because you'd play all these short attention span games. Um, uh, so it, it's... Um, uh, so it, it's 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 a 2D. You're looking at it from the top down uh, in the dungeons when you're going through dungeons, um, and uh, you know after you get to the dungeon from the the, the hub, and it's got the epic look thing uh, going on that's all the rage these days. Um, your goal is to you know slay monsters, collect treasure, uh, and level up your your heroes until they're ridiculously strong. Um, You'll uh, you'll go in there, and I'm trying to trying to remember as much as I can because it was a couple of years ago when I played it. But um, but you it's it's an action RPG, so your movement and you're running around. You got a run button, and a, otherwise you're normally walking. It's fast. Uh, you're oftentimes, if I remember for whatever reason, I was always rushing to get to the dungeon. I don't know if I got a better score for that or more gold or whatever the deal was. But there were I remember there distinctly being there these goal. Uh, goals of how fast you you would kill you would run through these mini dungeons and a lot of times uh you, you know you, you might see where the ending's at but it's blocked by locked doors or obstacles and you'll have to go and get to the keys and find the keys and get up there as quickly as you can you um you eventually can get um other party members and what's kind of um interesting is um these party members uh, you're laying them out uh boy this is really hard to explain for something that's called classic dungeon it's anything but classic um <laughs> you you got this uh, magic circle it's a kind of a comp really the, the complex part of the game where um you'll see your character in the middle and you have these different uh circles where you can put uh the various members of your team and and that somehow will give you bonuses when you're being attacked in dungeon I think you only see the main character, if I remember correctly, but depending on which way you get attacked actually affects that party member's hit points, and when that party member's hit points are gone, then it's your hit points that are being uh, being eaten away. Um, 
that that sounds complicated and it kind of sort of is um but the gameplay itself is actually easy when you're inside and you're doing everything it's kind of it's the setup on the outside when you're setting up party members and the blocks and you're setting up their strengths and their weaknesses and you're picking from these different classes and stuff um that uh that you know gets really kind of complicated and i guess that isn't unlike a lot of those nippon itchy games um so um uh but um yeah you can actually you can actually beat the game in 10 minutes if you want the bad ending <laughs> you can actually go right to the end of the game um but uh but then you'll get the bad ending so you'll probably want to actually get through what you need to get through to get the good ending and there's lots of opportunities to level grind and level up characters and build a kick-ass party and very much like um Oh, one of those Skaya games. There's probably really sick ways you can creatively come up with to create a really, you know, tough party um, by taking advantage of the mechanics that are presented in the game. Um, so, uh, and yeah, create something that just really looks like it's going to break the game. Sure, you can do that. So, deep game, 20, I think it was like 20-some bucks. I don't know if it's still 20 bucks today, but it was a downloadable title. Um, I had fun with it, but I would recommend that you read uh, read some of the more detailed reviews that go into mechanics. Um, if, you're, if you're one of those people who didn't like the, the Disgaea games and those games that are kind of more complicated uh, as far as how you build your party and, and the games that kind of depend on you looking for exploits, uh, to really be victorious in them, then, then maybe it ain't for you. It, it really is called Classic Dungeon, but it's really... Um, yeah, the gameplay itself is classic, but the mechanics as far as leveling for your party becoming strong enough to take on uh, the later challenges is not classic. <laughs> so uh, might be it might be more complicated than some people feel it's, it's worth the effort. But I, I personally like that kind of uh, stuff. I like things that make me think, and I like arranging cool parties and trying to figure out ways to break the rules and exploit the rules and stuff. So I thought it was pretty cool. Anywho, uh, so that's Cladoon. Cladoon, something or rather. So, alrighty, uh, I think that will be it for our blast from the recent past segment. We'll take a one more uh, break. Are you sure we don't have anyone who's played Final Fantasy fourteen and wants to talk about it? <laughs> we can wrap it up in two words. Hey, did no. it? No. <laughs> hey, did... well, aren't they re-releasing that like real soon? Yeah. Final Fantasy this... fourteen done right. <laughs> I hear there's this really great MMORPG out. Uh, it's called Guild Wars two. <laughs> There you go. Go play Guild Wars 2. Guild Wars 2. Glowing endorsement from Becky. Which we'll talk, <laughs> we can talk about when we come back. Uh, we'll take one more break, and we'll wrap this up with the final lap. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a beefy final lap this time. Hold on tight.
ready to wrap this up. The final lap is the place where we kind of hear out some of our dirty laundry, uh, read some sound, uh, read y'all's notes on the air, talk about what we're doing, and so much more. So uh, let's see. I think I think we had a couple of comments about the last backtrack. I'm pretty sure we did. Got that link right around handy here somewhere. Let's see if I can find out where I stuck it at because I accidentally closed the window. Bad me. <laughs> here we go. So our last show was about the uh, Dragon Quest Middle Trilogy. Four through six, I believe. And uh, Nick's... Oh, that sounds familiar. <coughs> this episode uh, really made me smile as I was listening. I'm new to the DQ thing, and while I tried to play DQ 1 and 8 in the past, neither of them grabbed my attention. It was Max Store giving me a copy of DQ 4 that I finally decided to give this series another shot, and I adored that game to pieces. Well, so did we, Nicks, and we all pretty much love 4. It was just one of those uh, games that was great for pick-up and play, was simplistic for all the right reasons, and I thought the journey was actually pretty fun. I have 5 and 6, thanks to Mac and this weird guy named Jume Sin, and after this podcast, I'm really looking forward to diving into five, though I'm hesitating over six. Hmm. Well, you should be hesitating, but dive in anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Strawberry Eggs says, even though the first Dragon Quest Backtrack was several months back, I have still yet to play any of those games other than four. Several uh, months being about 15 months, actually. Yeah, just a few. <laughs> That's okay. I never did play one through three either. I, I watched a couple of YouTube videos on a few minutes of gameplay. That was all I needed. No, that was okay. I, I don't. I, yeah, four, four is a really good one, but I don't know if I want to go back and play. It's like playing Final Fantasy two and three again. People do it. Not my cup of tea. Uh, they said I did pick up Rocket Slime, though it'll be a while before I played, and we'll get to them eventually. Just for a bit of clarification, though, Dragon Quest V was not the first game with monster catching. That would be Digital Devil Story Mingame Tensei for the Famicom back in 1987. Even with the very first game in the Mega Ten meta series, you can negotiate, recruit, and battle with demons you encounter. Hmm, food for thought. It should be like a public. I should play the public service announcement sound. You know the now you know sound. Yeah. Now you, you can know find it if you want. Story. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> yeah, and sh- that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna find and put it right there. Shaman uh, said, "I made the mistake of trying to marathon nine, four, five, and six, and ended up dropping out before the big wedding sequence in five. Trying to find that heel slime really took me out of the game. Was that was that hard finding that heel slime in five? I don't remember it being that difficult. Yeah, but I didn't try that hard, honestly. Yeah. I was- I was playing through the game instead of trying to catch monsters so much. Mm. Great episode, and it makes me want to pick up five again to see if I can finish it off and try to see if I can get a good price for 6DS. Well, I think we said we could get a good price on 6DS. I think that one's... Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's pretty it's affordable. Not too bad. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a bad deal at all. Oh, let's see here. Uh, let's uh, let's take a look. Next week, or next time, well, whenever we get around to it, we're still subject of a little debate here. RPG Backtrack number 81 will be A Wizard Did It, where uh, we'll be discussing the Wizardry series. Becky will be on for that one. Yay. And I have as, as long as we're okay with the fact that Becky has played very little of the Weird Wizard series. Okay. Oh, well, I have too. I, I I can just talk about eight all day, but uh, and how I wish I could have played uh, Wizardry Gold, but I can never get it to work. Uh, but um, anyways, we digress. Um, so uh, we might or might not get that uh, episode up. We'll see. <laughs> and then uh, after that, uh, we would definitely do. Uh, oh, this is a great one for Halloween, October thirtieth, twenty twelve. Talking about Shin Megami Tensei Digital Devil Saga and Digital Devil Saga two. Um, so that'll be really timely. So that's, that's pretty cool. And Gotham. And, 
Yeah, go ahead. I'll be on that one for sure. I've recently played both of them. Oh, sweet. All righty. Oh. And they are excellent. They are. They are. Um, I think I played the, the first one. I think that's the one I played. I have to go back and look at the box cover. I can never remember the distinct, you know. Anywho, um, let's, uh, let's, let me think here. What are we doing? Oh, yes. Now we're going to do that part of the end of the show segment that I don't have a name for pimpage where we talk about anything you want to pimp or what you've been doing this week, what games you've been playing or personal projects you want to pimp. Uh, this is just the free for all segment of the show. And uh, we're going to start off with Miss Becky. Yo, yo, yo. So I've been playing a couple of things lately. Uh, the first is way too much Guild Wars 2. Guild Wars 2. What level are you up to? <laughs> Uh, my character Posse is in their 40s right now. Wow. I'm, I'm leveling up five characters at once, um, along with leveling up all the crafting at once. Ooh, I'm um, an alcoholic too. I would not recommend trying to do it that way with the crafting at the, the state the crafting is right now, because unfortunately it could use a little tuning. It's very, very difficult to get all of the materials you need without driving yourself nuts or buying them off the auction house, which I've actually discovered there's an oversupply of the things right now, so it's actually cheaper and easier to buy stuff off the auction house, which uh. is kind of sad, but oh well. Um, but most of the game is quite fun. Um, their team is doing a lot of bugs fixes. The biggest problem in the game right now is that the higher level zones, which I fortunately am leveling slow enough that I'm not experiencing much of this yet, but there's a lot of broken events that don't fix themselves until the server gets rebooted, and they've switched to only rebooting the server like once a week, so it's kind of a problem. Uh oh <laughs> Yeah. Um, they're, they're fixing those, though, but there's really a big call among the community to, like, can we just get some server resets a <laughs> until you guys this stuff for good so there's there's a little bit of growing pains that the game is experiencing but it's still it's a fabulous game it's one of the best mmos to come out in years um and people should definitely give it a try because i think many people will like it quite a bit um i know my guild i haven't done a lot of pvp but my guild has been very active in the pvp so i get to hear about all their exploits and for anyone who liked dark age of camelot's realm versus realm this is like that on steroids so um they're they're having a lot of fun with that um, the other game I've been playing is Tokyo Jungle, which it's kind of hard to explain what kind of people would actually like Tokyo Jungle. So I just say weird people like me. Um, basically, the humans are dead. The humans are dead. Um, and uh, you play, you start off playing a Pomeranian that has to survive, has to play survival of the fittest in a post-apocalyptic Tokyo. And you end up with this Pomeranian eventually, like, getting a little pack of Pomeranians and, like, taking on wolves and stuff. And then as you go through and you, if you can survive long enough, you get the chance to unlock ever more fearsome and interesting beasts. Or you can also play an herbivore whose job is to eat grass and run away a lot. <laughs> yes, and, I've been watching that game quite a bit myself because of yes, Scott. Yes, it's, it's, it's quite amusing. Um, it's, it's sort of like a roguelike sort of not. Um, you definitely can expect to die pretty often with the random elements in their survival area. Like, oh crap, there's no food in this zone, and now it's polluted, <laughs> and I'm losing life. Okay, we, I'm dead. <laughs> we had the experience of a zone popping up a bunch of dinosaurs. <laughs> so not only did the food, like, there was no food in the area, but it was just uh -huh. also overrun by dinosaurs. Yeah, apparently extinction has is not... Um, a problem for animals coming back in post-apocalyptic Tokyo. No, well, whatever I thought... killed whatever killed the humans must have 
made the dinosaurs come back. See, I just wrote, yeah. I just wrote through the loophole. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, they, you 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 sort of learn the story of what's happening slowly by finding little like remnants, lore remnants around the world as you play through. So I'm sure there's an explanation somewhere. Yeah, I had my my best death experience was running through with um, I think it was a beagle. I was I got to a place where a pack of wolves was after me. I'm like, ah, jump to the next roof. There's a pack of pumas on the next roof. <laughs> jump to the next Ooh. roof. There's a pack of alligators on the next roof. <laughs> Finally, when I jumped to the final roof and there was a pack of wolves and a pack of pumas, I I couldn't take them. Poor <laughs> <laughs> beagles. I know it is kind yes, of sad. pumas. As we all know, pumas are in fact native to Japan. <laughs> I think totally. actually it was no, sorry, it was Panthers, not Pumas. But either way, there are plenty of things in that game that are not native to Japan. <laughs> Pretty sure zebras also do not live in Japan. You know, I think you're right. I don't know but how they, I know that. It just seems to be the right thing to say. The explanation for the non-native animals is that everything escaped from the zoo. Yes, and of course, can live in the outdoor wild of Japan without a problem. We all yeah, know that by eating random plants and other animals. Totally makes sense. Yep. But anyway, it's it's actually pretty fun. Um, not everyone will like it, but if you're weird like me, you might. <laughs> I'll think about it. My few experiences with anything roguelike provoked a fearsome rage within me. So I, I don't like roguelikes. Well, as long as you accept the fact that you're going to die a lot... <laughs> In this game, at least like it's not like you have to go through levels of a dungeon or anything. It's you can kind of roam around the city, and you slowly get to know the city better as you have animals running through it. But yep, so that's I think that's all I have to say for myself at the moment. Okay. Alrighty. So, uh, in keeping with the idea of alphabetical order, how about Mr. Minky? Well, let's see. Recently, I played something called Suikoden, which a lot of people seem to be familiar with. And it would seem that Becky and Sam are most definitely aware of the fact that I've played it and reviewed it. And lots of other people on our forums are definitely aware of that, too. I will mostly say that while I did not have a bad time with the game, neither did I particularly love it. Um, <clears throat> some things about Sweet Code, and in particular, its inventory just infuriated me. And the story... Okay, maybe it'll make maybe it'll have a whole, much greater effect upon me once I've played some more games in the series and can see how they all tie together. But as it stands right now, because it was originally intended to be a standalone game, it certainly doesn't rise above the time, not to me. But I, I had some fun with it anyway. And I'm and I've started on Spicoden Two, which I can say with assurance is indeed better than the first one. I'm not sure it's worth the prices that it fetches on eBay, not yet, but. I am having fun with it. You're not even at the parts that make the game why people love it. You're not even close. Yeah. Well, I can say right now that Konami seems to have bought a whole lot of ellipses to use in the translation. <laughs> that poor game, as amazing as it is, that localization is, is Drek. It is so bad. Honestly, Joey gets his name spelled so many different times, it's not even funny. It's He's not like, even... Joey, Joey. <laughs> I've like, seen much worse translations. Yes, it's horrible grammar and horrible spelling and horrible punctuation, but I can understand what's going on. That's more than I can say for some games. And I've lately been playing something that we briefly touched upon at the very beginning of the show called Sima the Enemy, which is 
not only a redundant title because Sima are the enemy, you don't need to tell you to say that in the title, but it's also a very bad game. I don't know why it came out two years later in Japan. It shouldn't have come out there at all. I don't know why anyone thought that making a game-long escort mission of ever-increasing numbers of people you need to watch out for was a good idea. But somebody did. And which, which, which circle of hell is that? The never-ending escort quest? Uh, probably somewhere between the suicides and the, the betrayers, whatever circle that would be. <laughs> so yes, it, with each dungeon, you get a new person who goes into the file, and with every level of the dungeon, you need to have all the people in your group get from the starting point to the ending point. And until you do, you can't progress to the next level of the dungeon. And of course, things are trying to kill them. Isn't that great? I have one thing to say to that. You must gather your party before venturing forth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Whenever I can stomach finishing the whole thing, look forward to a no doubt fiery red red hot rage of a review so it's getting five out of five right in the bizarro world (laughs) sounded like a five out of five to me escort missions natsume calls it an rpg on the back of the box the only things that make it an rpg are that when you kill things right next to people they like you more and you can get things to upgrade people's armor that's it those are the only things that make it an rpg you start with 18 hit points, you end with 18 hit points. There's, honestly, it's more like an isometric action game. Fortunately, without any real plat- any real jumping, but... Ugh. You know what? Seema is actually developed by Neverland. They're the people who make Rune Factory. Well, this is, dates back to 2003. Maybe Neverland learned something. Here's hoping. <sighs> And then there are a few movies that I want to mention. I saw Trouble with the Curve because it stars Clint Eastwood and I must see everything Clint is in. And yes, it's a familiar script. What are you getting? You're getting an aging baseball scout reuniting with the daughter and he's been, have been estranged from for years. And are they going to have a success near the end to prove that jerk played by Matthew Lillard who's never gets out into the field and can only be bothered to look up player stats from a computer? Is he going to get his comeuppance? You bet. But that's fine. It's well done. It's a familiar story, but everyone does it well. Good actors, likable lines, and it's got Clint, which made it an instant sell for me. And I will admit that there are a few bad movies in Clint's catalog, but this is not one of them. I also finally saw The Expendables 2, which is pretty much exactly what you would expect from this movie, where when 30 guys in a tank get blown up in quick succession, you just have to go... Oh, of course, that's in the power of Chuck Norris to do. And Chuck Norris even tells the story of how the King Cobra bit him and there were five days of excruciating pain and the King Cobra finally fell off dead. Because he's Chuck Norris, apparently. I mean, even though he's 72, he still looks pretty good. And a quick shout-out to Murder on the Orient Express, which is a very entertaining Agatha Christie adaptation from the 70s, where either no one is on the train is guilty or everyone on the train is guilty, and... I'll leave it to you to have fun with that because it's actually a very entertaining movie with a star-studded cast. And it takes guts to have Anthony Perkins not be the immediate killer. And one other... Yes. 20,000 years in Sing Sing. I don't know how anyone can serve that sentence. 
but it's a good Spencer Tracy vehicle. It's the only time I ever worked with Betty Davis. And it was actually filmed in Sing Sing, which lends it a remarkable air of authenticity. The ending is a little abrupt, but considering that he'd been sentenced to the chair at that point, you can kind of tell what exactly what was going to happen. And I'll leave it there because otherwise I'll start wandering into weird things that nobody knows about. I'm done. Yay! <laughs> Sweet. Hey, Miss Marshmallow. There hasn't really been a lot on my end. I recently finished Okami done so I could talk about it. And what a glowing endorsement that was. Woohoo! Um, yeah, I, feel, I felt the love. <laughs> Other than for the poppy. Um... Mostly on my end, I've, I've been taking care of a lot of family business. Um, I am working on two little features for the site, so they'll be coming up probably at the end of the month. I reviewed Realms of Ancient War, worst game I've played all year. How do you not have online co-op in your hack and slash game? Um, and then at the beginning of September, we did a really awesome feature about puppies. And you should read it because it's still on the sidebar of the site. It's called An Adventurer's Best Friend. And oddly enough, we got a lot of really, really positive commentary on this feature. Um, just the amount of people sending me tweets and emails about how much they loved looking at some of the favorite puppy friends from RPGs. Um, they were really happy. I also got an equal amount of hate mail because kitties were neglected. Well, I'm sorry that kitties are not good party members for the most part. Other than Red 13, I can't think of too many kitties that want to be your bro as you play a video game. That's because there aren't enough versions of Mr. Chet in video games. He's Clearly. Well, and the other problem, of course, is when I think of cats and RPGs, my brain kind of goes to cat girls. And I wanted to avoid that at all costs. There were a few. There was a good cat girl in Breath of Fire too as a party member. <clears throat> Again, I wanted to avoid anthropomorphic animals and focus directly on actual dogs. And if I had done cats with it, probably actual cats who were not, you know, cat girls. Again, fantasy star. Indeed. Um, so I'm really happy that you guys out there really like the feature. We've got more to come. Uh, there's definitely going to be something for Final Fantasy's anniversary this year, so um, definitely look forward to that. The and... game didn't come out until December, though, so we've got a little bit. Yeah. Um, and as for other games, what have I actually been playing besides Okami Den? I've been playing Shadow Hearts from the New World, which is made of cracktacularness. I'm quite enjoying it. It is definitely the worst of the Shadow Hearts games, um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, because it's got some pretty awesome features, such as a mariachi who is your bard, and he's really, really adorable and kind of hot. So, recommendation just on the mariachi. He's very nice looking. Um, and I've been playing a lot of Legacy stuff for review, and I'm very sorry that I'm being very slow about this, guys. But uh, it was a great game till I got to the final dungeon. Now it is a bad game. So the review will be coming at some point. So that's all I got for you. Hmm... 
Well, uh, let's see. I've been playing Guild Wars 2, too, and my wife made me up this really pretty China doll-looking character, which apparently you can do with the powerful character, character creation abilities of Guild Wars 2. You can make really pretty characters. It looks like one of them porcelain China dolls, and it freaks me out every time she talks, because I didn't know they could move. So, yeah, that's really kind of creepy. She's got, like, the eyes and the lips just right. It looks like porcelain doll. Yeah. Yeah, the human character design is not um the most popular of all of them. Uh it's uh it's something else. Uh playing uh Mr. Pandaria um a little bit. Uh not nearly putting as much or not putting in nearly as much time as most of my uh friends here. Um but uh I did get through the panda starting area and that was pretty darn cool. I like that quest line. That was pretty neat. Uh, I'll just say they're squeezing every last ounce out of this engine and gameplay and everything that they can. It's, it's just you can tell they're just they're just squeezing the last few drops, you know, out of it. But um, it's good. It's still good. Um, let me see here. Still doing a still doing a, a lot of Pathfinder. As I mentioned last time, I'm the regional coordinator now for Pathfinder Society here in Salt Lake, and that's been keeping me pretty busy. Meeting a lot of new players, playing a lot of Pathfinder games. It's cool. Pen and paper, that's where our roots come from, so it's really great, and I'm still terribly surprised that someone hasn't come up with a, a really decent uh, role-playing game using the 3.5 or... I, I know they have come up with games. I mean, you got Neverwinter Nights 2 and as such, but uh, to me, those will never be uh, really uh, accurate representations of the pen and paper experience, because uh, other than the fact that, of course, you can't make the stuff up as you go along like you do in pen and paper, but the big thing for me is the combat. <laughs> How in the world, ever since Baldur's Gate, they've decided to put this stuff in real time when this thing has always been a turn-based affair from day one is just beyond me, and how that became popular, I... I don't know, because I get irritated every time I try to play one of those games, and I have to keep pressing the space bar and trying to line things up evil. Hmm. And, gosh, just playing so many games, I lost track of them all. Hmm. You know, they've been talking a lot about that, um... On um, on RPG Cast, this is a shout out to Chris and Anna and such. Um, they've been talking a lot about um, uh, that uh, that game um, based on that old '80s movie. You would know this, Mike. Uh, the the game where the kids break into the mainframe that's hooked up to all the nuclear missiles in the country. War games. Thank you. War games. Yes, and you play with. Um, you you play this on your iPad uh, and you're actually basically playing Whopper, uh, the the computer that is in charge of all the nukes. Would you like to play a game? And uh, and it's one of those match 'em up games uh, where you're match. I won't say it's like the match three because that's not really accurate, but uh, you do take your finger and try to match up as many of the same types of shapes as you can, and they activate and do different things as you do so, give you back some health or attack the enemy with nukes or whatever. And uh, it's really, really cute and creepy at the same time, just like the movie was. So <laughs> if you – you know what? If you got one of my devices and you're a fan of the movie, you need to check it out because they use a lot of the same voice uh, – you know, the voices or the uh, sound clips, I should say, and the pictures uh, you know, taken from the characters in the, in the movie and such. It's really, really uh, a nice little throwback, and the style of the artwork in the game comes right from it. So echoing pretty much what Chris and Oriana had already said on the RPG cast, but uh, it is a really cute game. It was only like a buck or two, and you can blow through it in probably three hours or so. Um, not terribly super challenging, but very cute and kind of fun. So you want to go and um, uh, check that out for sure. And uh, 
So many games, so little time. Oh, uh, Orcs Must Die too. Uh, just an absolutely fabulous co-op game. I've probably talked about this before, but we're still playing the hell out of it. And it's just it's just so much fun. Tower defense, me third person shooter, Mega Man style type of crazy weapons or Ratchet and Clank style type of weapons, plus the traps and watching the orcs just die 1500 ways. I'm closely I'm uh, quickly closing in on killing over 100,000 orcs. That's a lot of orcs. You're shooting them in the head and everything else. I mean, that's a lot of orcs. So um, some must be getting pretty tired by now. Yeah, you know, you just don't get tired with orcs must die. They just, I mean, just watching them all die fuels your thumb to keep clicking. Uh, absolutely, just a fabulous, fabulous game. And the co-op mode on that one's just super fun as well. It's very good in single or co-op. Um, and if you haven't played the first one, grab that one and play it through that one first. Um, and it will give you additional maps that you can play in Orcs Must Die 2 if you're doing it all through Steam, which might be the only way to do it for all I know. And I've been playing Torchlight 2. So um, I'm sure everyone's read some reviews somewhere, but my own take on it. been playing it with my wife, been playing it with my dad, been playing it with my friends um, here and there. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. It has – the classes don't quite feel as solid as Diablo 3. The, the level of polish in Diablo 3 is just a, a smidge above in a lot of different areas. The networking, the network code, I tend to get hiccups. It's, it's The lobby and matchmaking is just kind of not so great, especially compared to you know any of the Blizzard's match, matchmaking, which they're so good at doing. So there, there are definitely some issues, uh, some issues there. But none of those shortcomings detract from the overall uh, experience. Uh, the classes may not quite feel as solid as Diablo three, but they're more solid than Torchlight one, and and they're they're more solid than most uh, action RPGs. To be honest, I mean, uh, I'm playing the Ember Mage. I've got lots of different spells to pick from, and I just have fun blasting with them. What's really hilarious is that the number in any given decision they made on Diablo three, the changes they made from two to three. Uh, a lot of those uh, more controversial decisions, uh, Torchlight 3 has done almost the opposite in a lot of them. In Diablo 3, for example, uh, there is no offline mode. Every time you play even a single player, you have to connect online. If the internet's down, you're not playing Diablo 3. In Torchlight, it has a total single-player experience. You don't have to be connected to the internet. Uh, Diablo 3, as, long, as well as StarCraft 2, no longer have LAN play because uh, they're worried about pirating or whatever have you. In Torchlight, you have LAN play. In fact, you can take a copy, install it on your friend's computer uh, you know, in the house, and you both can play on your local area network off of one copy. It's that cool. Um, you only have to make a login with Runic for when you want to play you know, via the internet with your friends, which is, which is understandable. That's, that's, uh, you know. um, in Diablo 3, as you're leveling up, you can rechange your decisions that you make as you level up as far as what skills you're taking, what spells or abilities you're taking. Those can be reallocated anytime you want in Diablo 3. In Torchlight 2, uh-uh. you can take back the last three decisions you've made. Uh, in your skill tree, but that's it. And once you've gone past that, they're permanent decisions. So very old, you know, old school feel in that one. And um, Torchlight 2, uh, the loot tables are different. You feel, I, so far, the feeling is, the impression all of us are getting is that you generally get more loot that makes a difference to your character, that makes them feel more powerful. Uh, you would find that occasionally in Diablo 3, but you felt like Diablo 3 pushed you a little bit too often to the auction house, and you had to farm a lot to get one piece of gear. I haven't had enough time yet with Torchlight 2 to say this is definitively the case, but the loot tables uh, for the first 20 levels that we've been playing through anyways uh, have been picking up uh, pretty good. But we'll see whether or not that, that last 
last in the uh, long run. If, if it does, it certainly is a selling point because with Diablo 3, I kind of gave up uh, trying to find anything useful uh, outside of the auction house um, after after a while. I can find stuff for my lower-level characters with a higher-level character, but finding something that my high-level character is actually going to find useful, it, it just it, it just really isn't happening. Um, it's usually just much easier to go to the auction house uh, rather than farm the same levels, and by the time you farm them out, you're already up you know, five extra levels anyway, so yeah, it's kind of detrimental. Mm. But I, so I like both games for various uh, various reasons. You know, Diablo does have uh, have has more polish and is a uh, is technically prettier. Torchlight uh, two. Um, it, uh, you know, it's got some uh, technical flaws to it, but it, it just uh, it feels a little bit more inspired. It's more colorful. It's more cartoony, which I, I tend to like those type of games. And overall, so far, uh, my friends are liking it more. But the, the, I don't know whether or not that'll last over the long run, or it's just a new shiny you know coat of paint. So we'll see. I'll keep you up to date. Uh, for my handheld game, uh, still playing through some Pokemon Conquest, Mike. You got to play it. You got to catch them all. It's calling you. But that would <clears throat> that would make me play a Pokemon game, which I've successfully avoided this far. Uh, you want to play this one, Mike? It's turn-based. It's got strategy in it. It's not like the boring RPGs that I I, I was listening. Al Mike Mike Tidwell on RPG Cast. He was he was talking about how you know they're coming out with the third one in this Pokemon trilogy. They've run out of colors. They're now black and white. They can't even bother to name them different colors. So it's black and white two or three or whatever. And he's like, man, it's just starting to feel a little stale. And I was like, wow, really? <laughs> I played the first one for like 20, 25 hours on the original Game Boy way back in the day. And ever since then, I've, you know, whenever I can get my hands on one, I tried one out for a while. Uh, we tried them out for a while. And they all feel the same. That formula hasn't changed in 20 years. It's like, it took you that long to figure out <laughs> that the formula changed. But Pokemon Conquest is a whole different bird. It's like, it's like, it's like Final Fantasy Tactics with Pokemon. That's what it is. Um, you don't have that deep, uh, you, you don't have, you know, in Tactics, you had the deep class system. And the monsters weren't very, uh, the monsters there really didn't play much of a role. At least they, at least they never did in my party. Um, it was all about building your 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 party of humans with the various classes. In Pokemon Conquest, it's the the opposite. You do have the the you are uh, human trainers that are capturing the Pokemon, and as as the trainers, you do have one skill, uh, but that's about it. So your humans are very shallow. But the Pokemon is is where it's at. And this game's never going to be as deep as. Uh, is is those other tactical, you know, like the Final Fantasy Tactics or anything like that, Mike? But it's definitely a lot more, it's a lot deeper than their RPGs. And the fact that they got the overworld, the whole uh, Nagabaga's ambition or whatever the heck it's called, you know, aspect to the game where you're running a town and you're building it up and you're you're trying to recruit more Pokemon to uh, uh, to have more versatility in your army or to add more soldiers to your ranks. Um, yeah, that feels like the, the, the romance of the three kingdoms aspect, but a bit, uh, you know, that's kind of simplified versus a real romance game, but those two are like peanut butter and jelly together. So even though they're both simplified and I'm not a big fan of simplification, those two together makes a complex sandwich. Mmm. Yum, yum. There you gotta play it, Mike. Tell you gotta catch ball. I'm keeping it in mind. <laughs> Other than that, I've just been, as far as you know, television or whatever have you. I mean, just haven't really watched a whole lot of TV. Been watching YouTube, watching the uh, game chasers or whatever they're called. These guys who oh, go around trying to find old Nintendo games and stuff. That's yeah, pretty funny. I saw Paranorman. Forgot to mention that. It was good. Mm. You, did you see any ads for that? Mm-mm. 
That's the stop motion tale of a kid who manages to who sees the dead, and well, what do you know? Uh, some zombies rise and of course raise havoc around town. Of course, those darn zombies. Why do they do that for? Actually, there's a fairly complex reason behind it here, and it has to do with a witch 300 years ago being executed in the town, right? And, br- and trying to bring them back every year as her vengeance. Hmm. It's pretty entertaining, actually. Of course, stop motion is entertaining just to watch. You know, like Nightmare Before Christmas or James and the Giant Peach, that style of animation. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I'm glad I caught it in 2D also, because uh, 3D and I have had a really rocky relationship for a long time now. I like, that stop, I like that stop animation thing. That's pretty cool. You should check it out sometime. I th- I th- I'm pretty sure you'll like it. It's very well written. You know, in in the way of a kid's movie, but it doesn't feel like an idiot wrote the thing. Mm-hmm. Like some kids' movies do. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Uh, so, um, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So. Yeah, we're all alone now. Yeah, we're all alone. The ladies left. They got tired of my my rant. Next time, I'm going to make them go last, and I'm going to go first. <laughs> yeah, I've learned my lesson. Huh. Anywho, uh, I think that's all we have for tonight, boys and girls. Uh, we do uh, we do want to encourage you, of course, to uh, write into the show and let us know your thoughts and all that other fun stuff. Um, you can do that. At uh, by emailing me at jcservant at rpgamer.com. You can follow us on twitter.com slash rpgamer. Become our biggest fans at facebook.com slash rpgamer. You know, this is a production of rpgamer.com, your source for RPG news, impressions, reviews, articles, and home to the best gaming community on the net. So you want to check it out. There's always stuff going on rpgamer. We are by... Uh, RP gamers for RP gamers. That's right. We don't get paid off. We give you when we give you reviews, you know they're straight up. I want to thank Mike, my favorite co-host. He's the one that makes all this happen. <laughs> and uh, and uh, thank those two ladies whose names I've forgotten since they left uh, five minutes early and didn't listen to my rant. So <laughs> on YouTube, when you go back and listen to this, you better go back and listen to this. You better listen all the way to the end and hear this part where I say meh. Stick my tongue out. You can you hear my tongue about meh. There it is. Anyways, we thank all of you for listening to RPG Backtrack. As always, you're the reason we do this. Do us a favor, jump on iTunes, and tell everybody in the world how awesome this show is. Because it is awesome. Really, it is. All right. As always, you can listen to our vast library of 80 or so podcasts, as well as our awesome sister show, RPG Cast. It's all at rpgamer.com. Look for the link on the left-hand side. And uh, one little teeny tiny tidbit. Um before we leave is uh there is that extra life uh thing that a lot of our um staff members are doing so you'll see the links for that on the right where you can give uh you can donate uh pledge money for our gamers who are going to play all night for for charities and you can help them out by pledging money to their causes but check out the link on the right hand side of the web page mr mike take us home I was going to bark at the moon about something, but honestly, I'm I'm having my cold is coming back up pretty fiercely, so I'm just going to cut it off now. Uh, hope you had fun, everybody. Good night.
You.